It's time to relax with the offspring. We'll start with them on. See how it goes. We could always CGI them on. Just want to let all your listeners know there's a bunch of Monster Zero in this cup. (laughs) (laughs) To Monster. To all the little monsters out there. (laughs) Cheers. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. For podcast number, I don't even know if we're saying. Are we saying what number it is? How, how would you even know? <laughs> yeah, we're putting these out eventually. Hard to keep track. Hard to keep track. We're putting these out eventually. Okay, all right. When? Is there any way you can turn him know. down ben, in, when, my, when? in my headphones? When? No, that, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that's not. They're not even hooked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> just lean, this is just me. Lean, that's lean. that's what the headphones are for. Just to muffle me. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Do we Nothing know when new. these are going to come out? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we're here celebrating Noodle's 75th birthday. <laughs> By the time they're released, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we got Fletcher on the show. Fletcher. Yeah, is that how it starts? Here we is got it, Fletcher. Is it, is it draggy or draggy? Drag, draggy. 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 Should have put a fucking Y on the end of it because it's pretty confusing for the judges. Shit like that, drag, dredge, drag. I've heard it all, but yeah, draggy, draggy. Apparently, draggy from Pennywise. He's gonna entertain us with lots of stories. I'm sure. Lots of good stories. Yeah, uh, but uh, people probably don't know that we go a long way back. Maybe they do, but maybe not quite how far back. Because I remember playing with you guys before we were signed to Epitaph. Yeah. So some upstairs. Ho- yeah, yeah. With Hong Kong oh. Cafe. No, no. It was. No. It was in Huntington. It was Citizen Fish. They oh, play. Wow. Yeah. You remember being like on that, the second floor? Yeah, that James, that James guy promoted that show. I just saw him in the market the other day, random. So what would that have been, like 1990 or something? Oh, no, before 80, that, I think. Even. 89. Right around right around then, 89, 90. Holy shit. I remember playing a place in San Bernardino or Riverside where you guys had to jet out, so you went on before us and took the crowd with you. Yeah, that's you a co- Copacetic <laughs> Cafe. Yeah, I remember that. an empty place. <laughs> yeah, you remember? Right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, the Copacetic place was fucking cafe. nuts to bust yeah. for fucking gutter mouth and fucking Pennywise. And then all of a sudden, it was like, poo. I can't believe you don't recognize, don't recognize me. I was like, well, the only one there. I just don't remember. Like, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> I suck around. But yeah. It was nice. It wasn't Sorry. so hot. I could breathe. You know, yeah. it was enjoyable. Yeah, Pennywise had a big crowd before we did, way before. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we we had a we we had our moment of glory. Moment before the shadow of fucking keep it separated came. Come, lo- come looming, on, you're still <laughs> looming over us. You're yeah. still fucking. Come on, man. You got that. Listen, that's what I, I was saying. Like punk has changed. You weren't so saying much. anything. You were yelling everything. <laughs> but continue. Punk has changed so much from like the '90s to the 2000s to now, and the only fucking constant. Is bro him has been the anthem to all of it, like <laughs> literally that's Good the point. one fucking constant. We got like, lucky on that one. Did, did you point. know when you guys were recording? Like holy shit, I'm gonna. This is my fucking legacy. This nope. is gonna be the goal horn for fucking the it's, ducks. It's actually a crazy story. You could turn it up a little bit in the headphones, or me or something, because I sound really good. Yeah, you do, actually, uh, yeah. yeah. A little I, more. Hello. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. Yeah, I have that BMW <laughs> yes, radio yeah. voice. Hello, <laughs> check. Come go. on, wait. Scared? There you go. Hello, uh, hello. Do you know how to operate that thing? <laughs> I'm, it's not going up at all. <laughs> Zero. So, there it is. There it is. You know you did it. Pretty loud in me. The thing about Brohim is we. That was a jam song that I wrote, and I told Jason, "Hey, here's how the chorus goes." Whoa, thinking that we're going to write. 
lyrics. You know, you hum, you hum your melody line, and then you write lyrics. And he uh, never did. We started playing. We were playing backyard parties, and Jim would grab the bass and play that. It's like three chords the whole fucking song, right? right? Don't tell anybody. And then Jason would just freestyle <laughs> it's vocals. It's the best chords, though. Yeah, <laughs> the it's the best chords. Yeah. Jason would just freestyle vocals, and Jim would, and we'd all just sing whoa, whoa, whoa part, right? And that was just like our closing party, here come the cops song, yeah. and that was it. Well, when we got signed to Epitaph, and we went and recorded, I was like, hey, when are we going to record Broham? And they're like, what? Jim was like, we're not recording Broham. And Byron and Jason, why would we record that? I'm like... Because it's fucking rad. And they're like, it's just a party song, dude. Like, And I was like, no, no. We need to record this fucking song. And there was a big argument about that. And then it was like, I thought Jim would play bass on it and Jason would sing, you know? Because Jason had morphed these vocals into, or these lyrics into about some of our friends that had died. Uh-huh. And I was like, Jim's like, no, I'm singing it. And I was like, okay, cool. And then uh, the day that we were supposed to write, or J- we were supposed to like record it, Jason didn't show up. He was partying. <laughs> So we had to like listen to all these like backyard party tapes and pick out his lyrics and like me and Justin, his brother and this and this guy Steve Martin who named the band, we sat there and penned the lyrics based on what we could decipher. I mean, it was his wow. lyrics, but we wow. sat there with all these different tapes and, con- and fucking came up with the thing. Okay, here's the lyrics, and Jim sang it, and then our buddies came in and did the whoa part, and the song almost didn't make it on the album. And if it didn't make that first album, it probably wouldn't have made any of them. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. So thank God that's for me, is. motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes, right, yes. yeah, way to go. Yeah. God. Dude, that yeah. song, we'll play, a, we'll play a festival with you. you like, yep. I know like the Greenfield Festival, you go on right before us. We'll finish up, and as soon as we're done, people start walking out to the cars or whatever, the campground, singing Bro Him. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. One time we so, played yeah. a big festival on Limp, when Limp Biscuit was super huge, peaking, and he had come out, and he was like, "Hey, anyone see Pennywise?" And it was Belgium, and we were. It was like the soccer goal song, right for Ajax or however you say that name. Yeah. And he was like, "Anyone see Pennywise earlier?" And they were like, "Whoa!" They start singing. Of course, every time that. Limp Bizkit ended with the song, the whole crowd, 60,000 people, started singing Bro Him. <laughs> and I was sitting on the side of stage, and like the third time it happened, he's like, all right, all right, that's cool, man, that's enough of that, you know, and he was getting pissed, and every time, he fucking got mad eventually. Oh, Couldn't stop those people, but yeah, it's it's one of those songs, it's like the, I've been in the yeah. subway, like after shows with like a thousand people in the subway in the yeah. train station singing it, and they don't even know who I am. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Cool. Well, come on, dude. Yeah. You, you, you're like more recognizable than both these guys, man. Come they on. They just watched the show, and they're like fucking rock and bro I'm just sitting there drinking beer going, cool. Yeah. I guess I look I think skinnier on stage. People probably know who you are, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're sitting yeah. down, maybe. You're two yeah. feet taller than everybody, and you're literally like- Everyone <laughs> says I look bigger when I get next to them. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's, but that's true song of a generation, right? Here oh, everywhere. So it's not just, it's, it spans multiple Few generations. generations like, at this point. It's, just, yeah. it's multi-generational, man. I, I, I really think yeah. that it's like, it's still like you can play it for anybody at any fucking age, and they- Start singing along, you know, and they everybody knows it and loves it. Absolutely loves it. I don't know anybody who'd like, man, fuck that song. The Jacksonville Jaguars play it for their goal song. The Ducks play it for their goal song. The Chargers. I don't think it's their goal. Oh, yeah, it's their goal song. Wow. I think there was a game with the Jaguars and the Chargers, and every time they scored, it was Broham. 
I heard. Did That's they have so to make cool. a deal yeah. with you to do that? You know, there's that weird news thing. If they keep it under a certain oh, amount of time, right, they pay you. Right. But the NFL like licensed it a few years back. They're like, hey, we're going to play it wherever so so you're loaded now and, and that's yeah fucking, fucking 43 <laughs> a check for 43 cents it's yeah. fucking awesome yeah, yeah. yeah. but that, that is cool though right because i know like when i'm at a hockey game and i it, a fight breaks out and they play you got to keep them separated yeah i get so fucking happy dude i i, I, I love it crazy. like i'm like yeah that's me like nobody fucking knows i'm in a fucking nosebleed seats and i'm like yeah yeah but i personally like fucking love it you know like of course you when, do. When the song took off, we told Blackwell, okay, enjoy your 15 minutes of fame, dude, because yeah. this, is, this is it. Yeah. There's not going to be any more. We told ourselves be... the yeah. same thing. Though. 30 he's fucking he's years later. It. Yeah. He's milking it well. He's still, yeah. still getting wasn't a little, like a little fir- taste. Wasn't the first tour, didn't he go out with you after the album, and then yeah. he was getting too hammered, and he had to be removed yeah. from the property? <laughs> well, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Well, I could stay if I wanted to. I mean, what's the uh, uh, yeah. restraining orders were all lifted and uh, the charges were dropped. I could, you know, like it wasn't that serious. He's a hardworking guy. He's always had like two or three jobs at the same time. So, you know, he'd yeah. go out for us when he could and then he'd go back to Drink to all day and just say, you gotta keep yeah. him separated. It's yeah, good. It's, it's good it's, gig. Yeah. I, listen, there's definitely worse things to be known for, you know, like, so I, I fucking love it. Here's the, so these guys, speaking of like Opening for us back in the day. That's right, which we did many uh, times. We went on a U.S. tour with them. I think it was like our unknown road tour or something. And they had ignition out. We had you guys had the school bus, yeah, right? the Holiday Inn yeah. yellow school bus yeah, right. converted with down. all, with all the bumps. <laughs> I always wanted to pray, spray paint Cambodia, Holiday Inn Cambodia, <laughs> yeah. right on the side of it. Yeah, yeah. fucking should have done that. Yeah. That would have been awesome. So they're. They're cruising around in this fucking school bus, like built by Ron or something, with you know the bunks yeah. and shit, and pretty rad, super yeah. rad actually. We're in our van. We had like seven dudes in a van. We didn't. That's before punk rockers knew to put a trailer on the back of the van, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. all the gear and all the merch and all the dudes were in one fucking van with like a tiny coffin sleeping area. So they put a loft, yeah, about twelve inches under the roof. And that was how you slept because they needed all the room. Three the people up underneath. there, and you're just like this. But it was only it was wow. literally about twelve inches. I spent a few hours yeah. in in there oh once, and it was yeah. gnarly. <laughs> you couldn't even. I don't think you could turn over. I I did one trip up I, there. Actually, and for I most people, that was out. like three feet. Like for him, no. it's like <laughs> like he had, had a lube of butter him up to put him <laughs> in there. Fuck, dude, I did one. The rest of the band are like, dude, we got lots of room. There's Byron, like, Byron's <laughs> like rolling around in there. Yeah. I I did one trip. I'm like, no way. I get the couch because I was like freaking out in there. I was like carpet on my nose. Jesus. But uh. We were in Florida, and we had a day off, and then it was uh, CBGB's. And I'd never been to New York, and a, half, a bunch of people wanted to stay behind, and then a few of us said, let's take the school bus up to fucking New York. And I, Maybe it was you. I think that might have been when you rode up in the van or something. We kind of switched band members. I know yeah. I know it was me and Jason. I wasn't of, there. Out of, oh, yeah, you weren't there. That's right. I was Sorry. a janitor. Sorry about that. You were, you were I couldn't opted do out my job for being a janitor. Janitoring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't. Cleaning could, kids' yeah. shit. And, and he's like, well, I guess I could come now that you sold 20 million records. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could quit. That's what happened. You know, he, he, he didn't even quit. He took a leave of absence. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like that's right. Like, call me when you're responsible. Yeah. Call me when you made it. Yeah, call me when you made it. But I mean, <laughs> he's an integral part. Is that the right word? Integral? Does that mean integral. special? Yeah, integral. Intra- no, I said integral. It's integral. Yeah, it's like G in the. It's supposed to be a G yeah, in there. Yeah. 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 Me and my big words. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of them. So we're we so we fucking we're driving up to New York, and I remember you had a thermometer in that fucking van. I think it was like a round one or something in the and, bus. In the in the bus, sorry. Yeah. 
and it was fucking 20, it was like 25 or 26 degrees, and we all had mittens on, and we're trying to get these beers down. <laughs> it's fucking snowing inside that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. It's like about a six or seven hour drive. Yeah. Got there that night, next day, you know, got to run around New York, went straight to CBGB's. First thing I see, blood, hair, a ripped up t-shirt, and a knife right in front of the front door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. CBGB. Like, oh, shit, it's true. This That's fucking a... neighborhood sketchy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's it's... fucking, is that hair? I'm like, somebody got fucking stabbed, and yeah. it's like everyone's just walking wow. around like it was normal. Yeah. Like, total yeah. crime like nothing scene. nothing. Yeah. And not... then you guys all get in there, then we played CBGB's, and that was the only time I ever played there. Wow. Really, just the yeah. just the one just time. I think one we time. did it twice. I think we, oh, we that's got a to cool go flex. Back you see a flex at? Yeah. We played it uh, twice. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two times. Well, we I got to a... go back right before they shut it down. We yeah. we did a benefit oh, yeah. there, trying to make money to keep it CBG. Keep it open, yeah. And it ended up it ended up being sold anyway. So that's I I have a picture of me and Walt out front, and a picture with Rob. Your Rob was the guy filling guitar guitar player. That's right. Yeah, Rob Barton. Yep. We should invite him down to. Oh, he's he'd be good. This opportunity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a funny we're, guy. Rob's a funny guy. We, yeah. yeah, he's very funny. Not as funny as me. Yeah, no. So but he's no, funny. No way. No fucking way. <laughs> funny looking. Better guitar player, but not as funny. Not nearly. Were as you funny. going somewhere with that story? Well, talking so, about? so yeah, we we did we did that shit. But then I forget where we were. But you had the Sony Walkman with the new record on it. And we were sitting in the van, and you're playing it, and you were like, I was listening to it. And we were passing around, and you're like, Mal, this is good, and let's keep it separated. Anyway. I Brett, agree with that. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all the songs were good, but he's like, Brett says this song's going to go on the radio. And I was like, what? And he's all, yeah, he thinks Kerouac's going to play it. And like, he thinks it's a hit. And I was like, what do you mean, like a hit? And he's like, like a radio hit. And I was like, you guys are a punk band. Like, this isn't going on the fucking radio. He's insane. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you, Brian was like, yeah, I know. I, I don't know what he's thinking. And I was like, yeah, didn't, I didn't even give it another thought, but I remember vividly passing around the Walkman. Listening to the fucking cassette recording you had of it. Get home, record comes out, sitting at California Beach Sushi Restaurant, Keep It Separated comes on, and the whole fucking building starts playing with their chopsticks on their glasses. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. dick, 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 dick. and I looked around, I was like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, I gotta keep it separated. <laughs> and then. Yeah, off to the races. Yeah. The, re the rest yeah. is history. That yeah. was it. There was that, no was more the... offspring opening for Pitbull. That was the last <laughs> time. We had Let's that just was say it. that's that's the uh, moral of that story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I remember that that Holiday Inn bus when like when Keep Up Separated was out. We were we went to Gilman, and that was right after Jello Biafra got like his leg broken there or something. I'm like, fuck, they're gonna beat us up. The song's on a fucking like top forty radio station, you know. And I'm like, Dex, you really want to play it? And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, we're going to play it. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm waiting for my leg to go. Everyone loved it. But then the 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 the, the, the bus, it burned up. And we drove back it from. It broke down. I don't think it or broke down. Or, yeah, we, yeah. we drove back. Let him embellish a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was on fire. There was, we we just up. drove by an orphanage. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Listen, yeah. there was a lot of fucking alcohol involved. I, I just remember riding home in the back of a fucking U-Haul with everybody, like, and it was hot as shit uh, in the yeah. back of U-Haul from San Francisco back That's to LA. The worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our roadie, they left him in the bus for some reason. He and he was he passed out, and the bus was up on the tow truck, right, driving down the five. Oh no way! And he wakes up and sees that the van is <laughs> going like, or the bus is going seventy miles an hour. No one's at the steering wheel. He fucking screams, "Oh sick. my god!" <laughs> and it's like pointing like this uh, or whatever. He can't fucking notify yeah. anybody. No cell phones. <laughs> Just had to write it out. Yeah, that's yeah. out of a friggin' 
We we would drive lampoons movie. We would take cars on tour. I mean, we didn't have a van or whatever. Like it was too much to afford a van. I think wasn't the Holiday Inn bus before the van, or maybe the van? No, we got the van first. That's right. We had this big yellow van that we took for a while. That was a big step up, Uh, but it kept on needing the transmission change. You know, because we're taking a trailer and all that stuff. And then we bought the van from a friend of ours who who worked for an air conditioning company, and it was a work van, and they were getting rid of their old fleet and getting new vans and so we thought we were getting a deal on a, yeah. on a van and it was a piece of crap. It was expensive but someone I forget how who came up with the idea let's buy a Holiday Inn bus. That's like the bus like the <laughs> hotel transport to the the shuttle to Yeah, the just airport. like a school bus. Literally a school, school bus. bus. Holiday I Inn think the van the was actually Ron Welty's. I think that was his okay. personal van. I think it was. But, and then but the bus was his idea too. He wanted to do all the stuff on the inside of the bus. Okay. Now we had seen another state of mind at that time. Yep. We knew how bad it's gonna be. <laughs> and we still But we that still was rad too. That's right. That bus didn't make it either, right? Yeah. But it fl- had the full on door yeah. that swings open and stuff, and that's why it was so I cold. thought it was red. Yeah. It was drafty in there. Drafty When is, the bus breaks down, you pretty shit. you're fucked. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not like you pull into like Pep Boys and go, hey, fix my alternator. It's like you got to call some fucking bus repair company. For those who aren't familiar, Another State of Mind is a documentary about a social distortion and youth brigade going out on tour across country. In a bus. And, and a, in a bus. And uh, it's a great documentary. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's, it's, it's on awesome. the interwebs. That probably, was, awesome. that probably did inspire us to a certain yeah, degree, right? Because we course. built we built it all out with it bunks was, it was and all nice. that. So the, all the bunks were carpeted. We didn't even have the yeah. guy that they had. That I mean, <laughs> social monk. team. Yeah, Monk had Monk. Yeah. He just passed away not too long ago, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Monk, but he was badass, and he fixed that. He fixed that bus for him all yeah. the time. That was punk my ride. He yeah, didn't have that. <laughs> punk, punk my ride. ride. Punk my ride. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, see, yeah. he's good. He's good. Yeah. So right. it broke on that tour. I remember a few a few times. I think right, and then we we're and then scrambling. it was just there straight to private jets, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah there was a little bit, right? Like, a, little, a little bit. It's, yeah. Small, say, you know. baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, you know. I remember when we, got, prop first. when we got our first real bus. I like freaked out. I was like so uncomfortable on a tour bus. Went to Santa Cruz and there was a barricade. And I was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" <laughs> oh, yeah. Barricade. And I was like, "No, no, we're not fucking playing with the barricade." And then I had a big argument and then got in trouble. And it was like a double whammy of like, "What's to come?" Tour buses and fucking barricades. Yeah. I like felt so out of place not being in a van. It took a while. And then it's like, once you get used to it, you're like, fuck yeah. 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 Ice chest, (laughs) fucking refrigerator full of fucking White Castle burgers and a fucking bed to sleep in. (laughs) Let's go. Our first bus was, we got, it was Cannibal Corpse's old bus and it was ancient when we got it. And it died like within two days of of our first tour. We did did, like two stops and like died. It did. I think, and I think it ended up in Reno. Yeah. And our next show was in Tucson, and we had to get in rental cars uh, and drive overnight. Dude, I tried to talk Pennywise into buying a bus. Like, the first time we had it, I was like, okay, this cost us $30,000 for the month. But when you take away the hotel rooms and uh, and everything else, it it made sense because we'd all just stay on the bus. I'm like, we need to buy a bus, and when we're not using it, we'll rent it to all our friends, and we'll make money, and we'll rent it cheaper than everybody else, and we should buy another bus. Like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like... About a million dollars later in spending, of uh, renting buses. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right, how crazy yeah. was I, motherfuckers? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, everyone else does it. Just yeah. rents it to us. But, yeah. It's, buses are expensive. Man. They, they are, but, um, I mean, we did a lot of time in vans for sure. Oh, yeah. Sure, really, 10 years. Really long. Yeah. And pickup trucks. And 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and before yeah, <clears throat> which I still have by the way. I'm trying to pawn it off on you guys for the museum. Yeah, it's I've got, museum. Hey, we got parking next door at Little Darlings now, so we have room for vehicles <laughs> in the in the in the front yard. Our our first vehicle was a 1979 Toyota. I pickup. remember the brown one, the brown truck. Yeah, you yeah. put lights underneath it. You fucking pimped <laughs> it out. You punked it, it out. out. Punked it out. I did. You so you have your own the, TV show. We had like a small <laughs> camper shell on the back, and you, so you had the two guys in the front, and then three in the back. You'd have to lay sideways in order to lay. So no one wanted the one in the middle. That's where the axle was. So the wheel hubs were right. on that. So yeah. it was, uh, it was, yeah, tricky. But we did like it's like a coyote, you know, like, did, uh, yeah. <laughs> like <a> smuggling, smuggling <laughs> people. I can fit thirteen people. Yeah, I, I fit yeah. three bands in the back of my yeah, truck, three. you know. <laughs> well, I think we did three, three U.S. tours in that. I <laughs> wow, think that's crazy. Oh, wow. Something one, like that. One full cross-country tour. But we had- like we have off, Here we have the bookmobile from Green Day and yeah. the Descendants <laughs> fucking whatever they called that thing and uh, Offspring's Toyota pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. Their first that tour. That sounds like a good it's exhibit. It's not even a tour van. It's a, yeah. it's a fucking yeah. tour truck. That's a good yeah. exhibit. It is. Exhibit. I think so. I think that's yeah. pretty rad. Yep. Well, we were doing trailers from the very beginning, though, but I guess that's because all we have is a truck. There's no way we could have fit our stuff in. Yep. I never even crossed my mind to put a trailer on the back of our van. We bought our van from a bike shop. It said bicycle power on the side. I just found a picture the other day of it before I painted it in Ken Seaton's front yard with a fucking spray gun. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, we paid 1200 bucks for it, and that thing went across the country like five times and never broke down. Like a couple, like, replaced the brakes or maybe the alternator, but, like, that fucking thing ran. We put like, th- I think it's still around. I think it's got like wow. 350,000 miles. That needs to be too in the, the exhibit then. Yeah. 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 That fucker in the exhibit. Yeah, we put them all. Yeah, see? So, we so finally fun. figured out because we had a trailer, of course, that we tried to build ourselves and broke in Missouri oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And <clears throat> we eventually figured out that if you rented from U Haul and just tell them that it's local, it's only it was only like ten bucks a day or whatever. But if you tell them you're going to Mississippi and back, then forget Damn it. It's, it was yeah. yeah. So like well, we oh, used to disconnect just... the mileage, the odometer on those things. At some point, we started. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember yeah. there being yeah. an odometer on the there, trailer. In the early days, there wasn't, but then they okay. started. Then they, oh yeah, yeah, the trailer. Yeah, so trailer. you fuckers, yeah. you guys fucked it up for <laughs> Pennywise. So, hey, we just need it locally for thirty-five days. <laughs> okay, three hundred bucks, you know, and it was. It was a good old awesome. yeah. we, we brought from Missouri, <laughs> made it all the way across country, and then we left it somewhere in Anaheim, I think, or Santa Ana. <laughs> Stanton, maybe Stanton. So we asked them, like, oh, can we just buy it? They go, no, no, you can't buy it. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, it was against the rules. They just wouldn't sell it to you. Yeah. Liabilities. But, uh, yeah, that reminds me yeah. kind of a completely different subject, but like Guitar Center, you go in there before recording and buy like $20,000 of the amps and guitars, take, record the album, and bring them back. And they had oh, no wow. re- restocking fee. <laughs> so you use it for like a month and be like, I don't want any of this shit. And you bring it back on different days. And then eventually you're like, hey, this ain't fucking cool. Like there's a 25% restocking fee. We're like, what? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, we didn't know about that. So we got away with it that last time. But like, <laughs> yeah, give me a Marshall. Give me a Mesa. Give me a Gibson. Like just load I mean, the studio. Brand new <laughs> we shit. Could, we could we do that. a whole show on punk rock hacks. I, I yeah, you yeah. were smart, yeah. man. Right? This guy, fucking, yeah. this guy broke the code here right here. <laughs> One of my first guitars was like I just walked into this shop and did the old like grab the six pack of beer. But I just grabbed a, a Les Paul and fucking took off and dove in the back of my friend's truck. And, and it was funny because like. I thought I got away with it, and I was kind of like in disguise. I had a trench coat and shit, and I, I didn't go back in there for like five years to that guitar shop. I went back in, the guy's all, hey, how's it going? I was like, walked over to the county. He's like, you going to bring that guitar back? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? He's all, the one you fucking stole. I, he goes, I saw you with my own. I go, I don't even, 
I've never been here before. <laughs> you lying motherfucker. I know who you are. I know your name. I know you're in Pennywise. <laughs> oh, He's all, oh, wow. but he, like, he, he gave it a clearance. He's just like, go ahead, keep it. Well, he's like, you're lucky you're six foot eight. Yeah. It, was a, it was actually you could beat my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, would fuck you up right now. Dead. <laughs> I yeah, I got lucky. He was just nice, I guess. You know, it was just. Well, no, dude, we, we, we started. Guy. We started having a little recognition, and he's all, "I'll let this one slide since you right. got, got yeah. kind of famous." Well, you should have just fucking. Take, I'm taking this one out too. And just walked out looking at what him. What are you going like, to do about that? Yeah. We, we had a guy Gene that would Lee's. let us borrow equipment, and we would take like a, a PA out to the desert, bring it back covered in dust. He wouldn't even charge us. That's um, right. I think you got a guitar from him once, and I don't, I think you made paid, like made a down payment. and then Kind of like a pawn shop, and he yeah. didn't really have it together. To it was all stolen, it was all probably. To own. <laughs> he didn't care. He, like, he didn't care. He, it might have been a drug front or something, right? Yeah, he was Maybe, yeah. So, because I think they had rehearsal space there, too, or whatever. Yeah. Squid music, right? Squid, yeah. yeah. Props to squid music. That's, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's that's still That's another whole thing, the rehearsal space. So you, Everyone would meet at 6 o'clock on Monday night right. and load in all their shit and lug it in mm-hmm. and set up the drums. We always, and, had, we always had the garage. Like, like, oh, that's, that's right. We right. did that early yeah, yeah. on. We'd always find Do the garage. Do we have a picture of that? Or can we insert picture later? He's got a great There's shot a, It's in the, muse- the yeah, museum. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd you took that all to the museum, right? I took the carpet down, and here's the funny thing: like we'd always, we always went to Carpeteria, and got in the dumpster after they closed, and took all the carpet, found the best pieces, like carpet fresh in the backyard, vacuum it up, and then put it up on the walls right. like a couple layers thick, and it worked good. Like the neighbors, you know, don't call the cops. And then Justin, so when Jason passed away, original bass player, Justin. Uh, Inherited his house, and then he turned the garage into, he's like, let's turn the garage into a, a jam room. Single car. So he hired our friend to do drywall, tape it all, electrical, soundboard, the whole thing, and then went to fucking carpeteria and got dirty dumpster <laughs> carpet. <laughs> I was like, I go, when I was taking it down, I just dawned on me, I go, Justin, did you, what? you got this from carpeteria? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, why? He said, what do you mean? I'm like, he's all, that's what we did, right? Back in the day. And I'm like, yeah, but you had fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars in your bank and you fucking built this thing correctly and then put dirty carpet on it. He goes, oh, shit, I didn't really think of that. (laughs) It's like, hey, you could have gotten the carpet store and spent 500 bucks. So I literally pulled that shit down out of the the room we've been practicing in for 23 years now. And we like write all our songs in there, demo in there. We have a little uh, board and Pro Tools rig. And like it was so nasty. Like twenty. First of all, it's carpeteria carpet used by <laughs> p- piss carpet, doggy dandruff. But then we've been sweating in there for like twenty years, like multiple bands. And it literally, when you in the museum and you walk up there, and you take a hit off it, it just smells like a gymnasium. Oh man! <laughs> a couple people sense. there were like, oh, yeah. couple, I can't wait! I cannot wait <laughs> now. People were like, some people that I won't be named are like, they're museum proper now they think they're like museum executives and shit <laughs> which is good like you have to treat the artifacts with respect but i'm like i'm all yeah and they're like this smells and i'm like yeah it's peepee carpet and they're yeah like, what do you mean peepee carpet has been peed on I, i've peed on it before <laughs> beer pee and she's no 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 pee no pee and i go peepee carpet peepee carpet smell it and she just shook her head and got so fucking mad and just walked away and then i'm like i'm gonna pee in here on instagram <laughs> I'm gonna pee in the oh, corner. You got to do live, yeah. I'm gonna for sure you do are. it. But it's my car- my son's well, my our- son's heading out in a couple of weeks. He's going yeah, tell out him to sniff the carpet concert out there, and he's gonna <laughs> go to the, the carpet. Rock sniff, lick, I will. Lick I'll, the I'll, I'll make sure I mention that.
that. Yeah. yeah. And I was just showing. Um, I'm telling my kids, stay the fuck away from the carpet. Do not even get within <laughs> six feet of that fucking carpet. So here. there's a bunch of leftover because the room's smaller, a little smaller out there. I'm going to fucking cut it up into pieces and sell it for PB carpet. five yeah. bucks. PB carpet. <laughs> PB carpet. Yeah. eBay, yeah. So I was just showing it's Brian. the impulse purchase. Mike. Yeah. Purchase at the yeah. counter. Everything in the room works. It's actually our gear from the actual studio, our practice room. And so I was like, all this shit works, and we'll get drunk at the bar some night, and we'll, like, you guys will be there, or someone will be there, and we'll all run over here into the practice room and fucking have a gig, impromptu gig. Mike fucking did it yesterday with, like, Mask Intruder guy and somebody else, and he's got Jason's bass, the last bass Jason ever played on About oh, Time, wow. and he's making a fucking strap out of duct tape. Just, I'm like, he has no idea, like, that's Jason's last. Yeah. I'm like, you motherfucker, but, like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, it's punk rock, so yeah, at least yeah. we have some punk rock shit happening in there with the other people that think they're museum keepers or yeah, whatever they right. call those, curators. Curators, docents. Curators, yeah. Now, we need Dossiers. curators. We need, we need safety. <laughs> curators. Mm-hmm. Yep. Barriers. No pictures. You're going to fucking... No pictures. Yeah. yeah no dude. no flash photography. No flash photography, no yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it punk. Did you guys ever do the thing where you like you go to the rehearsal room and then you invite like a hundred of your friends? For sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dexter's never had a hundred yeah. friends. Yeah. Until, <laughs> you have nowhere to play. Until after <laughs> after 12, keep up separated came out, you know. Then they're now they're quote friends. We had, you know, had twelve you, friends. We just talked about how everybody left after but Pennywise. When you, but when <laughs> you <laughs> showed up, it was like it sounded like there was a whole crowd in the fucking. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Just keep but that, I remember on. like one time we did one of those. Like it was a pretty big room with a PA and shit, and like big like. The showcase room. Like three yeah. times the size of this, and we just invited like 100 of our friends and just fucking threw a rager. Boy, they got really mad. Cops came, and we were banned for life from that rehearsal. But we did it in about 10 different locations. It was always like nowhere to play. you got to be banned yeah. from a lot of places, though, I would Period. imagine. Yeah, just yeah. everything. <laughs> All kinds of liquor stores yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. we libraries. We couldn't afford the showcase room usually. But Not I, usually, but I we did, we, I think, on a couple, a couple times, of occasions. Yeah. There were some bands that had like their own st- Storage locker, like, like Green Day, Leatherwolf, Leatherwolf, yeah, Leatherwolf. Oh, Leatherwolf. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're doing now, <laughs> dude. I've told the story about fucking docking, but I'll I'll tell you've probably heard it, but like so, being the thrifty people, like we're not gonna have our own storage, we're not gonna have our own room. Back in those days, we had a storage container. We used to practice in Ken's print shop, and we built a little tiny room, and we wrote Unknown Road in this tiny. I'm talking like eight by eight fucking hot box. The storage container was out there, and it was 125 bucks a month. So I went in the storage container, drywalled it, carpeted it, as usual, and then um, ran an extension cord across the parking lot into Don Dawkins had a studio in this in this complex, and so did Great White. They were, like, across, and we're in the storage container. So ran it and got one of those little converters for the light, the light socket that turns it into a plug. Right. Plugged in our extension cord. So, like, one day... We were we'd been practicing there for like a year or something, and uh, I think it's on like the Bam magazine. Like you can see it; it's in the same old story video. Is actually in that container. Docking comes over, and we're loading up, and we're playing the Hollywood Palladium. What was it? The punk punkorama? No, no. Uh, P- Summer National. Summer National. And you guys were on that yeah. too. So yeah. we we were headlining one of the nights, and Docking comes up and goes, "Hey, what's going on? You guys got a gig?" And we're like, "Yeah." He's all, "Where are you playing?" I'm like, "Palladium." And I never talked to the guy before. He'd just see us in the parking lot. He's like, what? The Palladium? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, no, you're you're not playing the Palladium, bro. 
And I go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. And he goes, no, no. He goes, you're, you're confused. He's like, you're playing somewhere else. You have like a manager or someone that helps you. I'm like, yeah. The uh, Palomino. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, you need to call him because if you're going to the Palladium, you're going to the wrong place. I'm like, no, we're playing the Palladium. And, and he's like, you, you're playing the Hollywood Palladium. And I go, yeah. He goes, do you know how big that is? Do you, do you understand where you're playing? I go, yeah, I, I got a pretty good idea. He goes, fuck, you're, you're fucking lucky. I mean, you guys are fucking banned in the box. Like, who are you opening for? And I go, we're, we're headlining. He goes, okay. He goes, dude, <laughs> you are not playing the fucking Palladium. You're not headlining Palladium. He goes, you're way off base. You got to call somebody and find out where you're supposed to be going. I'm like, I'm digging around, and there's fucking BAM Magazine or whatever it was, LA Weekly. And I open it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's like a full-page ad with, like, Pennywise headlining. He goes, what the fuck is this? And I was like, yeah, we, I told you. And he's like, you fucking practice in a fucking storage container with no air, and you're headlining a play I'm like, yeah, that's how we do it. And he's like, what the fuck? So he gave us, he's like, you can practice in my place from now on. And he gave us the keys to his studio. He had a full-blown wow. recording studio, like a two-inch machine. Uh, had a whole recording studio, and then he had a... Uh, like a practice room that was like four times the size of this, leather couches, big screens, TVs, like Dawkins jam room. That's oh, right. Yeah. Dawkins like, does it up, huh? He well, was super cool. It sounds like That's he awesome. was super cool, but that totally show, like it totally illustrates what what a huge mental shift there was between the punk oh, yeah. bands and the oh, metal yeah. bands that came. That was what five years before. It wasn't that long before, but such a different scene. Well, so fast forward to now, we're buddies with Dawkins, and like I got full run of the place. I'm fucking. Pulled up two inch tapes of uh, Breaking the Chains live at Budokan, like oh, cheap wow. trick ripoff. Yeah, it was totally fake crowd noise, and I mixed it and shit, and I got I got in big trouble for doing it like in the middle of the night. But uh, it was pretty like rad. We'd go in there and have these. We wrote full circle in his in his fucking room. Oh wow! And uh, and then poison or yeah, poison. What was it? Poison. Great whites across the hall across the street from us, and. Uh, so he's like, fuck, you know this fucking Kurt Cobain motherfucker? And I'm like, nah, a little bit. Like, I played a couple shows back in the day. He's like, I'm a motherfucker, you know? And I go, what's wrong? What do you do? He's like, he's fucking ruining our career. Our fucking careers are going down the fucking toilet, this fucking grunge walk shit, these motherfuckers. He was so pissed off. And he was like a... He was like a nice guy, super nice guy. He drove like a purple Ferrari, always smoking cigarettes, taking fucking Norcos, and just like, you know, like typical yeah. rock and rock and, I mean, yeah. I love the Lived guy. Lived up to every stereotype that I haven't yeah. seen him for so fucking long, but he was like a rad dude, but he literally, those guys fucking hated Nirvana, because that was the changing of the guard. When uh, yeah. Oh, it really was. It was like, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the bands from that era, I mean, really... It, it really pissed. hit them when it hit them really hard. I mean, all the you know kind of glam metal yeah, yeah, bands. Yeah. It really hit them all. They were all doing huge stadium tours, right? Yeah, and then gone. That was just gone overnight. Some well, of them are back and doing well again. You know, it's, it's yeah, like know. retro fucking playing exactly, the state fair kind of and a shit. Retro nostalgia. <laughs> well, sort of state fair is all right, yeah. but like you know, it it was like here's these guys wearing makeup and lipstick and hairspray, and then here's a dude in, in ripped-up Levi's in a flannel yeah. who doesn't even comb his hair for a month. And you're like, oh, that that's how I live. I don't put on spandex yeah. and fucking lipstick. Totally. You know? I do. Like, I take it off when I leave. <laughs> yeah. In private. Yeah. Yeah. In private. God. Yeah. At home. At home, yeah. Can, can you bring up pictures? Like, yeah. No, please don't. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, that punk was the rock, thing. Punk rock it was always relatable. It was like the blue-collar fucking music. Exactly. And, yeah. And then it was like people go, oh wait, this is really good, and 
and I can I don't have to be anybody special. I could just put a fucking flannel on and you know and these and then when you're like when you had to go to a fucking poison show, you had to like put your hairspray and fucking whatever yeah. they they did. But right. it was it was crazy. I tell you the story, so I won't say any names, but I think you could probably figure out. One of the bands had this studio that we were practicing at, and the other band was across the across the parking lot. Uh-huh. So you know, I had already told you what it was about five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so things got real bad; like the careers really kind of ended, right? So the guy over here where we practiced at took all. Well, he made a deal to sell everything to that other band across, like all the recording gear, board machines, all the, you know, compressors, everything, like $150,000 worth of shit. So he made the deal to sell it to him. And then um, after he had the deal, like, secured, he took it all out and hid it and called the insurance company and got got paid out on all the shit. Oh, and, and I was like, he, yeah, someone broke in. They stole everything. I'm like, oh, shit. About four days later, I was like, or two weeks, I was like, Hey, you got everything back? He's all, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I was like, <laughs> Are you insane, dude? Like, what are you doing? You can't have this. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, and then he sold it to fucking band across the way. Oh my god! And those yeah. guys had no idea. He's all, don't tell anyone. And I was like, dude, I'll just tell everyone on Brian and <laughs> see, metalheads are dicks. Yeah, yeah. 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 another example. Essential invitations hey, is long gone. Yeah, you fuck can, you insurance can companies. Like, fuck the insurance yeah, companies. You can say fucking that now. That's, yeah, he's, you're lucky you didn't get blamed for that. Statues, yeah. Yeah. You have a reputation, yeah, yeah. Fletcher. Well, it yeah, came really. back. Yeah. It all yeah. came back. So yeah. it was like, I was like, yeah, you have it in here. I go, you understand? They come back and investigate this kind of shit. He's all we're good. And those guys literally bought it from him, so he got paid twice. And then he moved wow. across the street to, with them, the parking lot, and we moved in over to that other band's place. And then us and Dawkins had that place for a while. Wow, it's, it's crazy. Wow. But uh, yeah, the metal intertwining with punk rock. Yeah. Didn't Dawkins? Dawkin... You got to sell a lot of fucking CDs for a penny, uh, Columbia House, to fucking make that money. You know, back in the day, right? So <laughs> like that this. makes sense, man. Like fucking all in, hundred grand, fucking done. One day, one day I got a call, and we we were recording at Total Access. I think you guys have probably been there ever. I don't know. Like Damaged and Descendants and Sublime, all in Redondo. Like, but got a call that like Great White was having like selling all their shit out. They had containers, the one we practiced in, and I like, went over there and they had everything out on the street. And I just started buying like Aunt Randalls and amps and all kinds of shit and. I call it the Great White Fire Sale. It was pretty. <laughs> oh, 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 I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of lame, but. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to stay away from that one. Yeah. But, uh, it's you know, true. They still have their shit. That, that was back in the day, but I don't think I've ever heard um, the story of how you got signed to Epitaph. Um, well, did you know them? Did you know? No. So we, we put out a single on uh, Theologian, Theologian uh-huh. which was basically like. We kind of we didn't invent the record label, but we're like, hey, did we have the money? He put up some. We Jason's dad put up some. <laughs> we recorded uh, Radio Tokyo in Venice, and I think Descendants had recorded there. So we're like, all right, we want to be like Descendants. So we went there, right. and then um, literally hand glued the covers. Like we, had we did that five hundred yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Can't cut and fold it and glue well, the yeah. sleeves together, right? Oh, yeah. Glue stick. That's the hat. Glue, glue, glue stick. Glue stick. That we one. were on the Elmers, like, <laughs> just the fucking uh. Elmers everywhere. And we sold 500 of them, and it got on uh, KXLU in whatever. Yeah, yeah. Loyola yeah. Marymount, right? Agent Ava, Ava right? Uh, this guy was Vern Trujillo, and oh. he um, 
I remember being at Pollo Loco because I was doing construction. I was building all the Pollo Loco restaurants, and and I knew it was supposed to come on at like noon or something. And I fucking had the little radio cranking. It came on, and I'm all, "Hear that, Dad?" And he's all, "What's that?" And I'm all, "That's the end of me working at fucking Pollo Loco." <laughs> of course, it t- of course it took about another fucking seven years yeah, to yeah. make a dollar. But we went and did an interview with him. <clears throat> And that was like right around the time of Suffer, and everyone loved how that record sounded, and we were like, fuck, we want to be on that. And we didn't even know the legendary Starbolt and the Explorer were like Brett Gerwitz and Donald Cameron. Yeah. We're just like, we want to go and you know get produced by these guys and be on this label. He's like, I know Brett. So he set up a meeting, and Brett had- uh, The Cakes you guys set up the meeting? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And he set up a meeting, and we took him the single. And like, our single was kind of- uh, a mix mash of shit. Like we had like kind of a funky song and we had uh, like super fast songs and like mid, we tried to put a little bit of everything cause it was our, and we made it play at 33. So we could, it was a 45 that played at 33. Right, so you could yeah. squeeze oh, an extra right. two songs yeah. on it. Right, right. So we didn't want to just put like all one style. We kind of wanted to mix it up just so we could show people, oh, we got a little of this, a little of that. I mean, it was all basically punk rock, but uh, it just was a little bit different. And then he, Listen to it. And so this time, I was telling you about Jason's bass earlier, his first bass that was recorded on that first album. At some point, I was drunk in my loft, and the band was gone. We used to practice up in there. I smashed all the gear. There was a couple of friends over. I smashed everyone's gear and threw it all out my window, second-story window into the street. And it was kind of like a a dead-end street, so not a lot of people went on that street. (laughs) Why but, did you uh, do that again? To, uh, I said I had to make a, a sacrifice to the music gods so we could get a record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and it's sure. weird because so anyways, the, I was telling Brian, like with the museum, my mom's a landlord who is an old punk rock dude from this band called Instigator told me, I have some- Band called what? Instigator. Oh, okay. From like Redondo. And I was like, he goes, I got something for the museum. I'm like, what is it? He goes, Jason's bass. He threw out the window. Oh, wow. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I picked it up in the street and took it home. It's been in my garage for 30 years. I'm all, you motherfucker. Like, I was looking for that. Wow. Like, you know, I, I've been wondering where it went. But a bunch of the shit went missing because I threw it in the street. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at Jason's face, I threw like a boomerang and it went like across the street. Like, I did it like a shot put. So, anyways, he gave me the bass. But on the back of the bass is carved Fletcher or Fletch. Like, I never got to the ER with like a screwdriver and I kind of had a flashback of everyone in the room going, you can't fucking, that's Jason's bass. You can't fucking <laughs> smash that bass. And I was like, I just carved my name in. I said, no, it's my bass now. <laughs> and so it says Fletch, Fletch on the back. And then I have his other, so I had to buy him a new Rickenbacker. He's like, where's my bass? And I'm like, I don't know. I threw it out the window. He's like, you motherfucker, you owe me a new bass. So I had to buy him a new Rickenbacker, which I have actually at my house. Not cheap, by the way, Rickenbacker. Yeah, I think it was like 900 bucks back in those days. But uh, so Brett had turned us down based on our single. He called me and goes, hey, you know, you guys are really cool, but I don't like, it's not, I like it, but it's not what we're looking for. I was like, come on, dude, are you serious? He's like, yeah, no. Nice meeting you guys, blah, 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 blah. But keep in mind, I had made the sacrifice to the music gods. That's right. <laughs> so about a few days later, I wasn't taking no for an answer as usual, right? And I fucking <clears throat> called him. I go, hey, dude, you know, we got a demo. And he's like, no, dude, I'm good. We're, we're good. You know, thank you for your time. I'm like, <laughs> no, I go, we have a demo of like 15 new songs that you, you're just going off that single. That single's like three years old or whatever it was. 
He's all, can I just come by and play? You know, it's just on a little ghetto blaster. And he's like, okay, come by on Saturday. And I played him. So it was like basically our blue album, you know? Wouldn't uh-huh. it be nice? And, you know, uh, who's to blame and all that shit. He listened to three songs. He goes, are the rest of the songs like this? And I go, yeah, pretty much all the same. He goes, you're signed. And that was just it. Just like that. Just like right that. On. So yeah. if I wouldn't have, if I would have taken no for an answer, we would be in a completely different path here. Or made the sacrifice. I'd be in jail probably for sure. <laughs> we made Still some Pollo logos. Yeah. Yeah. We made some sacrifices to the music gods uh, out of hotel windows, I, I guess. Oh. Right? With, <laughs> yeah. with hotel gear. Yeah. Say uh, different. Uh, I think those were the alcohol <laughs> gods that we were sacrificing <laughs> to. Uh, I've, I've yeah. done a couple of those. I, why can't we still do that shit? I mean, I've tried to every once in a while. Uh, now I just throw up in hotel rooms. I threw up uh, red wine in a hotel room in Rome, and they fucking all over. I stopped throwing. It cost up. me. Like, I used to throw up all the time. Remember, I used to throw up all yeah. the time. I wanted to. I wanted I to throw like up it. into like uh, <laughs> plexiglass <laughs> cubes. I wanted to save like my vomit in like plexiglass cubes and sell it like, to yeah. the museum. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I did that. I did yeah. that for Doctor Drew. That. I threw up in that trophy and then put resin over the top of it. <laughs> did you? For yeah. me? that's right. Good sportsman That's award. Right. But, yeah. but I threw up in this hotel like a couple years ago in Rome. And they had to close it for like five days. It cost me like Ooh, 4000 They had to get a new mattress, new sheets, oh, man. new carpet. They said it smelled so bad. It was like mortadella and red wine. <laughs> was like, you know what I mean? Like, and I remember like just waking up and just going, and just like uh, when yeah. I got up, I had like 40 minutes before bus call. I went to bed at like 7, and bus call was like 7.30. Oh, and in between, uh, then I threw up, and I just remember seeing red everywhere. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Open oh, I bet they pulled like an insurance scam, like the docking boys, and just fucked you over for five grand. Man. No, they, <laughs> they, they little Febreze, <laughs> new sheets. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah you never know. Eleven a.m. the next day. Oh, dude, I've done battle with these fuckers many times. Like, and they're just like, "Nope, you're paying." And I'm like, blah blah blah. We have your credit card. And I'm like, fuck. But yeah, it's, oh, it's, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good time. You're, you're talking about the old demos or, or all the demos that ended up being in the album, and I remember. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Jason was a really big part of all the early stuff, yeah. writing and stuff. And I don't know how much you're comfortable talking about it, but I think people totally. would really like to know, like what what happened, you know, how did that change, and what happened with all that. Uh, I mean, like, so the original thing was I I've been playing this band called Con 800 for years with Doug Carrion, who was in like Descendants and Dag Nasty, a little oh, right, yeah, bat- yeah. bass player, singer. He was a singer and and been doing that and then we just we broke up we went through a couple different members and then i was like fuck it was kind of like 86 87 when punk rock was dying like all the clubs were closing bands were either turning into metal bands trying to be metal all the crossovers yeah the crossover years crossover years or just like fading off and i'm like we gotta do something so i'd seen jason play some gigs and shit with this other band called uh oh my god i'm totally gonna draw a blank on that it was like a cover band and um i can't believe i can't remember the name right now but uh Anyways, I called him and go, hey, and he knew me, like most people in the South Bay knew me because my <laughs> reputation was bad. And I go, on to start a band. And he, was? And he goes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> still, still is. And then uh, he he came over and we bought a 12-pack of Keystone Lights. They were, I think it was like two ninety nine at the time. Yeah. Yep. Keystone, oh, yeah, sure. Used to drink that stuff. Sat down and talked about like the plans, like we're going to do this and this and this and uh you know, blah, blah, blah. And then got another 12-pack, kept talking, like never even... You know, like I showed him, here's the carpet. I I had already done the carpentry run and like, you know, carpet everything. My amp was sitting in the corner, no drums, just my amp. And then we had this drummer, Hanky, who's still playing in a bunch of bands. 
And uh, Jason's like, I'm down. So we started playing, and we had this singer named Keith Brown was the original singer for Pennywise. And uh, he passed away. He got strung on a dope. He passed away. But before, uh, that was later on in life, but like before that, we he was trying to write love songs and shit. And we're like, dude, we ain't down with this. We'd have to get him on the porch of his girlfriend's house, like crying. We were kids, you know, <laughs> the young. He was like 20 or 19 or something. So we got rid of him, and then it was, and then Hank went, and then Byron came in, and then it was me, Jason, and Byron doing three piece with just playing Pennywise songs and, and playing covers and backyard parties, and Jason would sing and play. Then Lindbergh came along. Mm-hmm. And so then we're like, when the minute Lindbergh got there, we were like, the first, like, you know, give him the lyric sheet, let him hear the song on Jason singing. And he just sings it, me and Jason, just like ear to ear. Like, you just like, holy shit. Like, this guy's got a voice. He fucking got pitched. Like, we never knew someone could be that good. Right. It was instantaneous, like, holy shit. And then, like, try this one. And it's just like, oh my God, we are just flipping out. So, and he, and Jim was into punk rock. So, it was, and we were all, we, and Jason and Jim knew each other pretty well. They grew up like a block away from each other. I, I knew them both. How old were you guys at this time? I want to say like 25 or okay. 20, something like that, 24. I, I don't even. Early, mid-20s, okay. Yeah, all something right. like that. And uh, I don't know, what was so 80? But you guys It was just... like 88, so I guess, yeah, like 22 or three or something. Okay. You just knew each other from the scene? You guys Hermosa. go to Hermosa was okay, just yeah, like, yeah. you know, we had the Descendants and Black Flag, and so everyone was like going to gigs or hanging out, and it was all... There were so many backyard parties. You remember those days when it was just like yeah, yeah. every weekend was like two or three parties and yeah. in the beach and 4th of July and Hermosa's off the hook. So everybody's like hanging out. So we yeah. just, everyone knew everyone. And if you weren't buddies with them, you still knew them. You know what I mean? And so. Keith Morris kind of talks a little bit about the, the scene, the, the like Redondo yeah. Beach scene, but right there. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah, Manhattan, yeah, Hermosa, close. Redondo, you can't even For decipher. Sure. You just take a step and you're in the next city. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those years were awesome. And then, like, you know, me and Jason had already been writing music, and he was, like, crazy at lyrics. Like, if you hear those first albums, like, he stuffs, like, 20 lyrics into a, he's like, and, like, he's got this melody, but he fits the words in, like, really weirdly, and that was kind of his talent. He And then Jim picked up We've covered a couple of your songs. We It's not easy, right? Yeah. We all didn't know what we were doing, you know? I mean, you guys You guys make it seem easy, but once we started... Cover. It's weird. Oh, like, yeah, you yeah. just learn. You, we didn't have any training, so we're just like, right. Byron was horrible, and he just kept getting better and doing, <laughs> like, I remember when he first tried out, I was like, oh, Jason, let me talk to you outside. I'm going to get him out of my fucking house. <laughs> guy hits like a girl. Just tell him to get off the block. And Byron was like 14 or something. You know, just bad, bad teeth. and Want some summer brew? Taking ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three foot bongs in his bedroom. His drum set took up his whole bedroom. You could like pull up in a parking lot and look through his window. And he used to deal weed out of his window, <laughs> and he had this big rush kit. And I'm like, I, the first gig, punk gig, Byron ever went to was Bad Religion playing the Suffer album at, at Anti Club. I took him. We oh, climbed wow. over the fence to get in. Wow, that was his first fucking show. He's wow. like, whoa. So he just kept getting better, but we were like doing it wrong, but we were doing it together. So yeah, learning together. Yeah, that's how we. Yeah, and then know. Jim, you know, Jim came, and then it like. You know, he he took Jason's stylings and put his own stylings, and he was actually a really good lyricist on top of it. But it just, it was a party from the get-go, and we were, like, hard. We were going, I mean, you know, you've been around us, and you guys were partying too back in those days. But, like, 
We were going hard, hard. And Jim. I don't think we partied as hard as you guys back yeah, we, Probably we, not. Yeah, we're not, bad. Not, yeah, we, not Pennywise hard, you know. Yeah. But. <laughs> we would go hard on weekends, but that was pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, we were every you day, know? like the minute you got yeah. off work, because we were still having to work jobs to like pay for amps and sure, I was still yeah. building shit. It was straight, like, I mean, it would like straight up whoever showed up at the first 12 pack and it would go till two, three, four, five in the morning. And it was, you know, there was cocaine involved and i mean it was pretty much just cocaine and beer and weed and it wasn't like heroin was some people started getting into that around our city but thank god none of us did but uh yeah, right. yeah. you know a lot of a lot of my friends did but uh when once we started having some success and getting some paychecks and shit and going on tours and getting on buses like then you're living the dream it's fine. I mean, you're off the holiday in Cambodia bus. You know, now you got, <laughs> right. now right. got a bathroom you can close the door and do some bumps in. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's like it's rock. It's like literally rock star shit. I hate to use the word rock star, but it's like a different level now. You got a hotel room, you know, that you can go to, and it just, you know, and you got money to to buy drugs. And he definitely liked. He he, he was a full blown alky. Like I've never been a morning drinker. I'll drink till five or six or seven in the morning. Right. Yeah. Nine in the morning, but then I'll suck it up till five o'clock the next day. He was the guy that had the shakes. I mean, yeah. I I yeah. went to uh, we had a check. It was a big. Check. It was like four thousand dollars, you know, and it we the the stuff was in his name or for some reason I forget why. I'm like Jason, let's go Bank of America cash this. I picked him up. He went inside. He's like, I don't know if I could sign it. I'm like, what? You can't sign the fucking check. And you had to like, I think there was a rule. You had to sign it in front of the teller or something like that. So he goes in, he comes back out. He's like, I can't sign it, dude. I'm too shaky. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He's like, I'm just shaking. I need a beer. And I was like, are you fucking serious? (laughs) Whoa, we got a problem here. But I took a liquor store. Too shaky to sign a $4,000 check. He he, he fucking drank two fucking Bud Talls and fucking was like, I got it. Went inside and signed the check. <laughs> but back in those days, like his dad had, he had a gas credit card that only worked at you know certain gas stations, and only certain gas stations sold beer. So we'd have to drive like ten <laughs> miles, and we'd use the card to fucking buy like as much beer as we can and fill yeah. up the tank. We had shit like that going on. But it got to the point where he was doing a lot of blow, and he was drinking, and he was drinking in the morning. And so it got to the point of where, I mean, like European tour and shit, like shows. I remember that we played with you guys in Alaska at Valdez yeah. for the World yeah, yeah. Extreme, the King of the Hill yeah. snowboarding contest. You guys killed it, and then we came out. We were still bigger than you back then. That's, yeah, headline. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. There was there was a band of like snowboarders. Then they they opened up first. Yeah, yeah. And then it was us, and then you. It's probably yeah. like the line with like Ryan Immergard or something. But yeah, so during that show, I was like. What are you doing, dude? Like playing. Jason's just like stops and just, you guys probably don't remember. I actually found a bunch of pictures from that night recently when I was going through my stuff. I'll send oh, them to you. Yeah, yeah. I might have sent you a screenshot of one. You had the full fucking braids going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty classic. But Burn uh, those. Yeah, <laughs> not a good. And then uh, he was like, just stopped. And I was like, dude. And he had been taking painkillers because he had a bad back. I so remember now, that. Yeah, and yeah. like he just walked back over and put his arm on his amp and just. Started drinking spirit. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I can't remember the songs, bro. I'm like, there's yeah. fucking 2,000 people. They flew us to Alaska. And this is before any of us were big. Like, we just, we, like, right. that was a privilege yeah. to go. Yeah. Up there. I was still a janitor. I took a day or two off to, to go mm-hmm. on that trip. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we probably got paid like two grand or something stupid, but we got to go snowboarding in Alaska yeah. and fucking. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? So then we got into the whole thing where, like, he wanted to get sober. And we started, you know, putting him in rehabs and just going down that whole path that you go with with people. 
and yeah. it's uh, it's it's and it's your it's your best friend, and the, and the bummer is like you've been partying for you know eight or nine years together. Yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like you guys can keep partying, but I can't. You know, and it was like we were we were out of control based on like me going to jail and doing stupid shit, but like I wasn't in a hotel room fucking for three days smoking rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And it was gnarly, and like it was me and his brother and his dad, and we were chasing him around, like literally breaking down hotel doors, and certain group of our friends was like enabling him, and that would that was shitty. But you know, we we tried, and then uh, eventually in Florida, we, I mean, I. I love that Jason partied like he partied like a motherfucker and there's some great party memories but then obviously when it gets to a point you know where you're it spins it, out then, of control yeah it spins out of control like yeah. those are really dark memories yeah. but the, mm -hmm. the good times like when it was still kind of under control like whatever if there's such a thing as being under control like this one show he's played pretty good and like after the show I went to get a drink at the bar in the back of the venue in Florida and the bartender's like, man, your fucking bass player's the man. And I was like, what do you mean? He's all, he did 17 shots of Goldslogger before <laughs> he went on stage. <laughs> 17. And he, was, and, and he was on, he was supposed to be on, on Anabuse. We were giving him oh, Anabuse, which makes you sick yeah, if you yeah. throw. And I go, no, that's not possible. Like, he's not drinking. He's sober. And the guy's all, no, your bass player fucking did 17 shots, paid oh. cash every time. It was a back bar. And I go, you're wrong, dude. I go, where's your bass player? And he's all, that guy right there. And I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> it's Jason. And like his yeah. trick was, that you got to love these kind of parts of the story, even though it ended poorly. Yeah. He would drink peppermint schnapps or Goldslogger, and he would eat Funyuns. <laughs> so you'd be like, God, you know, Funyuns reek. Funyun oh, breath is yeah. horrible. Smell. So you always smelled yeah. like B.O. and Funyuns and like peppermint. Minty, yeah, yeah. peppermint. Like and it's like, he was pretty genius, you know? Yeah. Like, he, I'll give it to him for that, that shit. But <laughs> at, at that night, I'm like, how could he be drinking and taking Anabuse? I told Jim's wife, I'm like, go to the fucking CVS or whatever it was in Florida. It's probably some crazy fucking <laughs> pharmacy. And they have CVS. Find out, good. find out yeah. what this pill looks like. And a baby bear aspirin looked identical to the uh, enemies. And he had me giving him fucking aspirin. I mean, think about that. Baby, Every morning, yeah. I'm like, "Okay, dude, you ready?" He's all, "Yeah, yeah." You know, give him his antabuse, and he's getting fucking aspirin for his hangover. Oh, talk like, about functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Man, that that wow. takes it to a fucking and whole level. Yeah. And he pulled. He was pulling it off, but like the, it wasn't. Like he was still playing the shows and shit, and still like socially fine. He was keeping yeah. it keeping it pretty good. But we're like, hey, dude, you're gonna fucking finish this tour sober, or you're gonna go home. I was personally upset because I was feeding him anabuse, and he was my like best friend, literally. And I was like, I was feeding him bare aspirin, and he didn't. He lied to me, you know. And he, yeah. I'm all, he's all no. I'm like, you're not gonna finish the tour sober. He's all no. I want to go home. I go, you want to go home and party instead of finish the tour. And he's like, yeah. I go, you motherfucker, like I was so pissed off, yeah. and mm -hmm. that was it. Wow. He literally goes, I want to go home. And I called, told Byron and Jim, well, Jason doesn't want to, he's not going to be sober, and he wants to go home. And I'm calling Randy right now, because Randy had been, Randy played on Unknown Road, you know, years before. It's another whole long rabbit hole story, but like, right. and Randy had been, Randy was sober, and he was helping Jason with the sobriety and giving Jason bass lessons and shit. And because uh, Randy was like, that's right. Randy super was sober ripper. for a long, long time yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, yep. And now he's sober again. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, 
so I called Randy, what are you doing? And Randy said, uh, it's working. I go, how about you quit your job and be here in two days and learn 17 songs? He's like, what? And I'm like, he's like, okay, I'm there. And Jason literally got on a plane and flew home. So then after that, it was a battle of like, okay, Jason's going to rehab. And like, we, we didn't kick him out of the van, but we're like, you're not playing with it until you're sober. Right. And so then it got worse and worse and, and it just kept getting bad and we're like all right you're, you're not in the band but like we had a plan that was if we wanted to like scare him a little bit or whatever or make him really feel like it this is real now you're you can't come back until you're you have six months or year sobriety whatever the final things were we were going to put we told randy hey dude we know you quit the job your job and shit but like if jason wants to come back because it was so weird having randy jason's voice his playing First show, we're like, this is wrong. You know, mm -hmm. it's terrible. Yeah. But Randy was ripping. Right. But it just didn't feel right. So we told Randy, hey, dude, look, we know you've made this commitment for us, but if Jason gets his shit together and comes back, he's coming back. And he's like, okay, I'll ride with it until that happens. Well, it didn't happen. So then we were like, it, it had been a year or something, maybe even more. And then we're like, Randy, if Jason comes back now, you're going to, we'll move you to second guitar because he played good, good guitar. Mm -hmm. He'll be the second guitar player, and Jason will be basically, okay, cool. So then he felt like kind of like job security, and we thought it was the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, Jason just kept going and partying back and forth, back and forth. And uh, he's making a lot of money because he's getting all these royalties. You know, he played on the uh, first record, Unknown mm -hmm. Road, About Time. So he's getting, you know, paid. He bought a new house, and he, you know, had kind of like playing with a couple of their bands and shit. But he's still partying. But struggling, and then, uh, you know, we got the call, we were on the Warped Tour, that he he was gone, and, you know, it's like, how do you how do you quantify it? Like, the cops wanted to rule it a suicide because it was a close-range gunshot, but he shot himself in the stomach, you know? And he he's the kind of guy that literally was so fucking clumsy when he was drunk. Like, I saw him fall off, sitting on a balcony and fall off a balcony under the hood of a car at a party. Like, he's always super clumsy, and he, he apparently came out in his backyard and he took a shot at something. And the bullet went through his wall and through his refrigerator. And I've never heard ever in my life about somebody firing a three fifty seven Magnum. Because he was doing this like target practice with these guys. Like it was kind of one of his sober things. Sober buddies like going to target practice. So he had yeah. a gun. And uh, I've never heard anybody but firing a gun and then shooting themselves because yeah. it's like so scary and so loud like you're like oh you know i've never right. ever seen right. a, su yeah. a suicide where test it out yeah test it out and especially a 357 because that's like a super gnarly loud gun so i don't know uh, did he think there was a burglar back there come out so he'd been up yeah. for like days he was drunk he was he was using blow he was on valium not, not in his right mind he, he drove way, his car up on his on his uh you know front lawn and hit his hit his fence before he went in so he was no matter what he was hammered and i feel like it was an accident like i don't feel like it was an on-purpose thing and could have been uh, accidental right could have been like he could have literally tripped and just shot himself in the stomach type of deal you know yeah it was no notes he was supposed to meet his girlfriend the next day go to havasu you know there was none of those like telltale signs of like someone planning on you know right. uh -huh. committing suicide so but the cops wanted to you know, go down that road and and you yeah. know wrap it up and be done with it. Yeah, right. whatever. Case, Just yeah. want they wanted the the drama of it, and you know, I mean, I guess it's hard to, you know, how do you rule it an accident versus suicide? That's someone's right. not there. So right, yeah, yeah, man, that was like we were on the warp tour. We got that news, and it was just 
absolutely brutal. And we, I bet. I can't we immediately flew home. Can't even imagine. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. And we immediately flew home, and then did the, the memorial happened really fast. Like the whole South Bay was the heaviest fucking thing of all time. Because by this time, you know, we were doing we we're three albums deep, a pretty big following. The whole South Bay is like Pennywise, Pennywise. You guys saw it. You know, it's yeah. like all it's all over. We had thousands and thousands of personal friends that we grew up with. Super heavy, gnarly, and then we were like contemplating not going back to the Warp Tour, but we're like, we should go back. We we should go back and play Jason's songs, and not like the Pennywise motto is like, whatever hardship or obstacle gets put in front of you, you fucking jump it. You 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 come up swinging and like straight it up. Would, yeah, yeah. It, would, it would. That's our whole thing was positive. New, you know, living for today. Tomorrow's a new day. Jim was really broken up about it, and he was like, I can't. And I'm like, dude. We got to. It's what Jason would have done. If it was you or me or whatever, it's what Jason would have wanted. So Justin, his little brother, came out and, uh, you know, with us, which was kind of emotional support slash really heavy. First show back, oh, my God, playing Broham, that first show back in Florida was just fucking, oh, gut-wrenching. Yeah. Gnarly. But, you know, people, like, there was a huge outpouring of support from the fans and, you know, being out there and hearing people talk about how Jason's lyrics changed their lives and, it, that was kind of therapeutic in, in the same way that, it, like, the flip side of how painful it was, you right. know? Is that so. the toughest part? I would think to be the toughest part about losing a close friend, especially someone in a band or whatever. It's like, how do you honor their memory? The dilemma of, well, it's what he would have wanted. I mean, well, that's anybody could say yeah. whatever they want, right? Like, right. you must have struggled with that, figuring out, well, you probably didn't think he wanted you to quit, but I mean, still figuring out how best to, like I said, to honor his memory and stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, he, ha- Jason had written a song about one of our friends that had committed suicide named Scott Pecky, and it was called Come Out Fighting. And it was about like, you know, conquering and, and fucking moving forward. And there was just so many of his lyrics were like about tomorrow's a new day and like you got to just, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. And it was like, if you don't, if we don't do that, like what he's been telling us to do. Cause I was like full nihilistic, like fucking destroy, you know, me destroy, burn everything. Punk rock guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, yeah, the lyrics are really positive. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my life, like I was gravitating towards black flag and nervous breakdown and damage and like all that kind of crazy, like destroy the world type of shit. And when Jason started writing lyrics, I was like, I mean, I was into minor threat, but that was like straight edge, you know, they had a positive twist and right. other right. seven seconds and stuff. But Jason's lyrics really like started hitting hitting me because I was in the band and I'm like, oh, you know, you're recording, you're like, oh, living for today, fucking, right, I right. get it, like, oh yeah. So it made me instead of like going down this path of burn everything, which I was. You here. still stayed on. You still. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 so I take a much. couple detours yeah, occasionally. Know. Detour. No, like bur- I burn like twenty percent <laughs> instead of a hundred. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, there's still some life left in that side of me. But, like, he really did probably keep me out of prison and av- actually having some hope and, like, oh, you know. So it was like, we need to do this. And, I mean, in hindsight, I think it was the right thing because it Well, kept it's his... pretty clear what he would have wanted from, yeah. from his lyrics. I and think you know, that's, so. Those but... are, like, his credos. So you, you kind of knew what, you know, how he felt about life and what should be done. I think but like, he, left you a, he left you a roadmap for sure. Yeah, but the, the like, the... Ro- Having that thought and then going out there and doing it was yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. like, whoa, Still had to what be. are we doing here? Like, this is had so to be. That's and, fucking heavy, man. And, That's like a I, real heavy and fucking on top feeling. Of, on top of that, the heaviness of your most famous song being about 
losing your close friends, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah. having that be And then his. that was, you know, we were out there playing that song, and it was Canton Colvin Nichols, This One's For You. That was his original lyric. Well, obviously the next record, Full Circle, right. um, we changed that to Jason Matthew Thirst, This right. One's For You, and his brother sang the, the middle section. And, yeah, like that was super heavy, but then we came up with the idea, hey, let's do Broham and dedicate it to him, which is weird to, like, go back and redo Broham Right, and then put your bass player, best friend, in the fucking lyrics, which is f- like super weird. That's actually right. super fucking awesome, though, too. Right, and then like, all the people uh, that yeah. were singing on that first one, and then all his closest friends came in and sang on the full circle version of Broham, and uh, you know, like still to this day, when Justin, his little brother, comes out, if he's touring with us, he comes out and fucking puts his arm around Jim, grabs the mic and sings uh, that part, you know. And the breakdown, and it's like pff, just like boom, just yeah, stabbed yeah, to the yeah, heart, yeah, like yeah. immediate tears. You just fucking yeah, start choking yeah, up, yeah. and you're like, yeah. fuck, because his, his, his voice is just cracking, sounds like absolute shit, but the emotion in it is just like over the fucking moon, gnarly, yeah. and it's still tough. But I mean, at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, he changed a lot of people's lives, he gave a lot of people hope. I mean, a legacy, literally. he left a real legacy, yeah, right? Sure. Well, now I feel like an part. asshole for liking the first version better. Uh, no, so, yeah. <laughs> now, well, you have a chance to re-like the new version. Okay, yeah. now I'm gonna go back and listen to it. We get all fucking choked up. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> all right, we'll give you a pass. Uh, yeah, and was, that was a long time ago, dude. That was really it's hard to believe. Ninety-six, been... he passed away. Yeah, it's twenty-something years. That's right? fucking crazy. You've done a lot of you've done a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. Since then, how how many like. In, in in dollars, how much oh. destruction do you think? Have you ever tried to add it up? No. How many records have you had to sell to pay <laughs> just for your hotel damage? They don't call me pay to play, <laughs> draggy for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. It's hotel bus damage. It's it's it could be anything damage, but it's bad. I mean, I remember like coming home from multiple tours where you're like, you know, yeah, everyone's getting paid twenty five grand for that tour. Except you. You owe 5000 I'm like, what? Are you sure? They're like, well, here, take a look at this. I'm like, motherfucker. You know, Dave Pollock in Europe, speaking of Rome and vomit, he loves to pay the bills. Like, I'm like, Dave, no, don't dispute it. He's like, what do you mean dispute it? You broke the window and you get off a fire extinguisher and you turn the fire hose on. Like, you're in trouble. And they have you on video and there's nothing they can do about it. I'm like, fuck. Like it's just yeah a lot like like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Do you think? Do you have like? Is there a record? Has anyone told you this the tally? Night, you a did, running you did, tally? Not yeah. a tally. An actual single night record. Like oh, um, single night. Oh man, ten thousand yeah, dollars in damage. Easy, Fifteen. Easy. The the you know one that sh- I shouldn't have gotten in trouble for was like Donington Monsters of Rock or whatever that thing is over there. Uh-huh. The castle. I don't I don't know what it was. It was like Iggy Pop and a bunch of bands in England and like. The the Wild Boys were there, and they were doing their little stage stick from MTV, and we played. And after the show, this one kid that, whatever, this guy, James Adority, he he was out there visiting. He was like 20, out of his mind, drunk, causing problems in the dressing room. And I was like roughing him up, and I I, hit, I broke a window in the dressing room. But there were just those like mobile cubicles, and the 
Glass went and got some chick in the throat, like <laughs> not super deep, but like she's bleeding. And it wasn't the jugular, like <laughs> no, a yeah, Columbia close. Tire or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, it was close. You missed it by a couple inches, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, she passed out from blood, came blood in. loss, but she didn't die. So, it wasn't so she serious. had come in, and I, I poured vodka, and I got you. And she's like, what is it? I'm on vodka. And like, I, bef- so you know those festivals, like you guys were fucking headlining those things at that point. But like, if you're on the side stage, you're not allowed to play. You're not allowed to go on the main stage. Like you're, you get your pass for over here, and you got your pass. And so I went to the fucking, uh, the, what do they call it? The surplus store, and I bought a couple black security shirts. Right. So I'm rolling, <laughs> and I'm at that show. We're done playing. I put the security, like, go to the main stage. Like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm like, on stage. Where do you think I'm going? Well, who are you? I'm like, Lincoln Park security. And they're like. Oh, okay. So I was like <laughs> basically running around with this security shirt on. I can believe that. Whatever I can believe the fuck. Yeah. yeah. I looked big. I mean, you got the fucking, yeah. yeah. You have, you ever been, have you ever been a bouncer? No. Okay. I mean, maybe a couple of nights that friends are like, hey, can you do the watch right. the door? I beat like, a few dude, people I, up at a you, bar. You know how you know, many people assholes. have come up to me at bars and like shown me their ID when I'm standing by the door? I'm like, get the guy, go in. <laughs> It's all good, bro. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I had a couple of New York cops. That's yeah, a whole other story. But so- uh, some homicide detectives. It was fucking hilarious. And then they thought I was a fucking bouncer, and I finally let him in. And then I ordered him some drinks. And then the guy's like, "That'll be like twenty three dollars." Like, you're not a, you're not the fucking doorman. And I'm like, "No, man. I was just standing there. Like, you motherfucker." <laughs> I still got their phone number in my in my phone right now. It's hilarious. But so I'm running around. So anyways, I break the window. I've broken a mirror and some other shit. And security comes into like four security guards come into the room, and I got the kid by the throat, and they're like, "What's going on here?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's out of control." I'm like, "I got it, I got it." And they're like, "You sure, I'm up? Yep, I got it under control." Blame it on the person bleeding out. Had the security guard shirt on, the security shirt on. So they're just like, "I'm like personal, you know, security for Pennywise. It's under control. He's a guest." They're like, "Okay." They left. Well. The mayhem of destruction continued, and then they came in hot with like ten dudes, and they're like, "You're fucking done, everybody!" So they fucking took our whole band and put us in a van, like under fucking oh, lock and man. key, drove us to our bus, and then escorted us off the property. And we got banned for life. We've never been allowed back. Those fuckers hit me for like ten thousand dollars, dude, for like a three hundred dollar IKEA couch, a little twenty dollar IKEA mirror, the window. Like nothing got broken, yeah. and they hit me for ten grand, and then they tried to hit me for more because the wild boys smashed up a bunch of the plastic furniture outside. I'm like, hey, no, no, that was not me. That's not my shit. That's those guys. I'm in this lane. I'm like, show me the fucking receipt for the couch and the mirror and all these other items. It couldn't have been more than five hundred bucks. Right. Like it was just shit. It was festival furniture. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. You're and they're to- like. No, we're not showing you anything. You owe us $9,800. I and mean, I'll, if you book Pennywise, you got to expect some collateral yeah, damage, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not exactly, there should be an allowance. Know? It's like on your rider, you know? Yeah, like, give me these yeah. things to, yeah. that I can destroy. 5K, 5K destruction, <laughs> you know, just yeah, like claws. Like it's riders, yeah. Dude, so I, I did battle, and they're like, look, we're not going to pay you, and we have your merchandise money. It had been a month of doing battle. And you're either going to sign this document, and we're going to pay your band, or we're not. And I and I've been withholding the, uh, keeping the secret from the band that they were like holding our money and shit, <laughs> and trying to like buy time. And then it finally got to the point I'm like, fuck you, and had to sign it. So like ten G's for nothing, ten G's. Wow. On one show, we did Reading. Uh, the first we we played Reading. We got banned from Reading for 
quite some time as well. <laughs> so we're the last. Sure. Everybody's ready, and then they go to Leeds, right? And Rage Against the Machine played. And and so it was like 4.30 in the morning. We're out of beer. We're the only bus literally on the property. I'm like, I know where we can get some because I was in their dressing room earlier, and they had refrigerators and fucking ping pong <laughs> tables and all kinds of shit, right? So me and a bunch of like four or five people go over there. This guy Phil was doing sound for us. He used, you, you've met him before. Went over there and bro- got in their dressing room, and sure enough, there was like fucking hundreds of beers, big ass glass refrigerators, and we start drinking. And the security guard comes up, and it was like elevated, like you know, go up temporary trailer type things. Right. And he was like, uh, "Hey, you can't be in here." And I go, "No, no, you're confused." You can't be in here. And I pushed him, I pushed him out the Some door. Jedi shit right there. I pushed him out the door, and I took this big refrigerator, and I rolled it across the room in, to block the doorway. But I pushed it too hard, and it broke the wall down. Like, it didn't completely fall out, but it broke the wall down. And I was like, uh-oh, we're definitely in trouble now. And then it just turned into a – picked up the sound man, threw him through one of the partition walls, and it turned into a crazy food fight, beer, broken bottles, everything – and then by then, like, you know, 10 security guards were coming, and we ran, and we got away, and we got went and drank more beer at another, we found a bar to, in the festival, got on the bus the next morning, fucking, at Leeds, it was bad, like, we were banned from catering, and I, it was the first night of the tour, <laughs> first night of the tour, and Jim and Randy and Byron didn't know what I did, and I'm like, oh, fucking, come on, you guys keep it on the down low, and they're like, we can't even eat. We're not even allowed in the fucking. We we've been quarantined to the fucking bus, you asshole. I'm like, I'll, I'll buy you whatever you want. You want pizza? Fuck, go out in the. Here's 150 bucks. Go do it. And then like when I walked to the stage, there was like cops on both sides, and I was like, and this guy just like I was the last one getting the stage because I was hiding. I was so fucking hungover, and I was like, there's literally like ten cops on each side walking up to the ramp, and I was like, cop just steps in, and he goes, hey. How are you? I go, a little hungover. He's all, do you know why we're here? And I'm all, uh-uh. He's all, we're here for you. And I go, oh, why? And he's all, we're just going to make sure that what you did last night doesn't happen again tonight. I'm like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, yeah, yeah, you don't. He goes, go on the stage, play your show, and go back to your bus. I was like, all right, cool. So we played it, and we got out. And we, and no one actually knows. I mean, someone in the band's probably going to hear this, but like, nobody really knows. Like, We got... We got banned from Reading for like 10 years. <laughs> but we're allowed back now. So, yeah, nice. yeah. Well, that's so, on them now. Like, you know, yeah. anything but we else didn't, happens? We didn't get charged. I, I, I begged him, let me pay for the damages. And like the, the guy that booked all the bands at Reading for like a lot of years, he's like Dave Pollock, he retired. So that's why we were allowed back. But he wrote Dave a letter and he's like, hey, Dave, it's been a real pleasure doing business with you all these years. You know, you've been a stand-up, blah, blah, blah. All your bands have been great, except for Pennywise. Fuck those guys. <laughs> and fuck Fletcher. And Dave, that was like a couple years ago. He retired, and then the new guys. Like, I hope hey. he forwarded you that email. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was gnarly. <laughs> so I mean, that guys, one didn't cost any money. Yeah. You all go at it pretty hard, but I mean, yeah, you are the Excellent. shit starter of the band, right? Yeah, I mean, course. I get yeah. the sense that you're you're at odds with them sometimes. They're like, oh yeah. Do you hear what Fletcher fucking did? Right, yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard that line more than once. Byron I think, likes to tour. run with yeah. it, like he's re- he's ready to pounce, like he's just waiting, like oh, what did he do? And I'm in fucking you know big trouble, dude. After the <laughs> King of the Hill contest, we're we're we all flew into LAX. My parents come to pick me up at LAX. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is how long ago that was. 
and my mom and dad are standing there, and Byron's drunk, and you're pushing his buttons, and so he gets mad, and he goes to throw his backpack at you, misses my mom's head by like centimeters. <laughs> Dude, he, he was on the plane. Why are you touring with Pennywise? He was obliterated on the plane, and he I was we sober. Were, yeah. I was sober on the flight, and he was fucking badgering the whole way, and then he got it like in the airport. Karina, remember my ex, she yeah. was like tiny. I went to give her a hug. And he ran up behind me and plowed me, and I fell on top of her. Thank God That's I like right. put my arms out. Uh, yeah, but she yeah. like hit her nose. Yeah, and I got up. I'm like, you motherfucker! And I just he had all his brand new teeth. Like, you know, hey, got some money, fix my teeth. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm so he starts chasing like freaking yeah. Benny Hill. Dude, picked the, him dude, up and the slammed claim. him onto the baggage claim. It was packed, and their yeah, parents. Right. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> like sorry, Mister and Mrs. Offspring. <laughs> like, my, my parents yeah. were pretty amused by yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. my and dad it, was a little concerned when the backpack almost. Yeah, hit his and wife, I almost I was gonna punch him. I'm like, oh, he just spent like thirty grand on his teeth. I'm all fucking because he's like smirking with these big, overly white and giant teeth. You know the guy that gets the bad the old pearly white. Yeah, they're like way too big. It takes you like three years to get used to them. But I was just like, boom. And so yeah, was like, has he grown into those teeth yet? Yeah, yeah. Just, they're kind of invisible now. Yeah, yeah. But and you know to see Byron going after Fletcher. Byron's a pretty thin guy, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa, jeez, so man. What it's are you like, doing? You're not gonna win this one, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how much alcohol you've had. You're not gonna win this one. No. You can't think that. There's <laughs> been there's been plenty of. I mean, like uh, obviously there's nights that I wake up going, up. Oh, that was over, crossing the line. Like I. I overstepped the boundaries of of nice, like did some stupid shit. Many, I mean, you guys have been involved in it. I've done things where I, I, I guess I could say regret, you know, like where I'm just like, ah, like the, like the fucking fire extinguisher. The fire like, extinguisher. Yeah, that was at your yeah. show. That My was kid was accident. one of the few kids. We had a kids room at Verizon Amphitheater backstage. Oh, like a, one of the one of the rooms was just for kids because a few of us had our kids there. But my son was the only one, I think, still in the room. And you were messing with some teenagers, old enough to take it. But the, it was Steve's you let kids. Off the fire extinguisher. Steve, right? Your buddy Steve? Is it Steve? I don't know. The I big know dude who used to hang. Oh, Steve Massey? Yeah. Um, his yeah. stepkids? Yeah, stepkids. Yeah, stepkids. Yeah, step yeah, step yeah. So we, were, I was letting him punch me in the arm, and like that, we were, it was getting rough. <laughs> and they were waiting. They were like thirteen or something, yeah, like twelve, yeah. thirteen. And then they fucking start punching me in the stomach. I'm like, okay, now it's my turn. And I just took a fire extinguisher. It was shutting right there. I pulled the pin and went, whoo, and blasted him in the face. But it fucking went everywhere. <laughs> it took the, into the oxygen kids out room. of the whole room. <laughs> into yeah. the kids' yeah. room, which yeah. is like a partition wall, and it went th- around it. Big trouble. Yeah, I, I was, was like, drinking God somewhere. Damn it! All the moms were like, "You, you know what? fucking yeah. asshole!" I have a note that you wrote. Another me. Fletcher check. Sorry, noodles, <laughs> but you misspelled my How name. Much? You wrote Noodles. Of course, so, I, yeah. I was never yeah. known for sorry, spelling Noodles. I'm yeah, sorry, but noodles. I have the, I have a picture of that. Yeah. I'll I'll send it. Uh, I we'll think I've made up <laughs> made up with your kid, kind of yeah. like. Were, oh no, he loves you to death now. Yeah, but he was so he was so afraid of you, like he didn't know, and I'm like, you were pissed for a while. Yeah, why you should? I was pissed because my wife was pissed at me. So shit rolls downhill. So. Yeah. Scotty Nicholson was like your uh, TM or something. He's like, all right, Fletcher, just kind of grabs you by the neck. He's all, it's time to go. I'm like, but um, I'm like, so I, I'm sorry. I want to say, he's all, no, you got to go. And I'm like, can I climb over the fence over here? And he's all, no, you have to walk by everyone. I was like, oh, no. And like walk I was hiding. Shame. I had to walk a shame. All these stories, this is the contradiction about Fletcher, is that all these fucked up stories, and yet Fletcher is probably one of the most 
ethical guys I've ever met. I don't yep. know how to explain it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He has a morality to champion, him. And it, you know, you champion the little guy. Always like I the little guy. I told that to Jackson. I said, you know, Jackson, Fletcher's not the bad guy you, you, know, you think he is just because he took all the oxygen out of the room. You <laughs> yeah. Tried to said, choke you to I, death and with I the said, white ghost. Yeah, I yeah. said, dude, he would, he would normally he would just have your back and he would oh, beat yeah, up would anybody that threatened you. Step in front of a car. I'm that's, totally. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm a um, conundrum of... Like, you know, Dr. Drew called me a sociopath. But you, and I was like, a little bit. Maybe. I go, fucking Dr. Drew called me a sociopath in, in fucking Playboy. And Randy goes, well, he is a doctor. And like, <laughs> I swear to God, everyone was laughing for like fucking three days. Like, people were on the floor. I'm like, fuck you. you know? well, and I, got, I read the definition. And I'm like, well, yeah, I got that one. I got that yeah. one. I got that one. Wait, wait, I don't hate, I didn't torture animals. You're I love too animals. Honest. Like, and you're too honest. Yeah, like, you don't, you don't hide shit. Yeah, when you do like, something, you're, you're honest. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're Fletcher, yeah. you can't hide things, though, either, right? Like, it's not yeah, like even if you kinda, wanted to, you yeah. know, he, he's, he, everyone remembers him, you know? Oh. So it's. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's hard. And then, like you know, I I've obviously set myself up to be the class clown, clown. You know. Yeah. Like sure. I remember unwritten law. So it's like everyone expects what's he gonna do. And then, it, like, if you're bored, you're like, oh, oh, he's wasted. It's gonna be a good night. Or you're like, fuck, this is gonna suck. <laughs> you know, like, what's he gonna do? There, there's two, t- there's right. two cans. Right, two yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. You're but the I, one poking like, hey, what's he gonna do? Like, wake Mike, up all <laughs> Mike Muir gave me a good lecture. Like, don't let him use you like a puppet, Fletcher. Like he. <laughs> He's got the best like fucking lectures, like one on ones where he's like on stage, Mike Muir lectures, but you get him yeah. personally. It's good. But I remember one time uh, just talking about this the other day, and it just comes to mind about the class clown. Like, Unwritten Law was like, hey, when are you going to do something? When are you going to do something? We went on tour with him in Florida. I'm like, I'm not a fucking circus animal. <laughs> like, you know, and it went on for like weeks. Oh, you didn't do nothing. Like, what's all these stories we heard about you? And then we were driving. Rick DeVoe went into 7-Eleven to get something to drink. We were in the van, and we went around the block, and there was this fucking pile of dirt, like this high, like a perfect, like evil Knievel jump, like as high as the uh, camera. Right, right. And there was a vacant lot on the other side. And I was like, scoot over. And I forget who was driving. Oh, no. I was obliterated. I'm like, scoot over. Get the fuck out of the way. Boom. Knocked him out of the seat. <laughs> <laughs> took off, took off, and it was like, "What are you doing?" It was like fifteen passenger. All the gear was in the back. Oh, no. Fucking hit that thing. When we landed, it blew out all the windows in the van. Just when we hit, it just <laughs> boom, everything gone. <laughs> Ripped through the vacant lot. Drove between two parked cars and in the van through a fence. So the the whole chain link fence like wrapped around the front and just oh, like my. whipped all the cars. <laughs> I went flying through the Seven Eleven parking lot with. The chain link fence and Rick DeVoe, oh, I just remember he's like managing under law. He's just sitting there with the big gulp and his goofy, goofy <laughs> look on his face, like, what, what the fuck is this? I'm like, Whoa, just went ripping by him, left him there, you know? And then uh, some chick took over driving because she's like, you're going to get a DUI and there's a checkpoint. So, anyways, I told Rick, report it stolen. Report the van stolen. He's like, what are we going to do? How am I going to do it? You fucking total the van. I go, report it stolen, bro. And a bunch of gear fell out of the back of the van, so I had to pay for that. But I go, report it stolen. You didn't sell it to Dawkin? I know. No, no, shit. Good one. And, and uh, so I was talking to Rick. I go, look, if if you tell him I did it, then I'm going to get in trouble. And, like, your insurance might not even cover it because I'm not supposed to be driving the van. I come up with, like, a pretty good story. Motherfucker. So he reported the van stolen. And he got everyone got away with it. I paid for the lost gear that fell out. And I'm not shitting you. Like last year, Rick DeVoe calls me and goes, "Hey, you need to, you need. I have a problem." I'm like, "What is he?" He goes, "In there's a whole COVID rental car thing." He goes, "I can't rent cars from Hertz." 
because of what you did. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, you need to take responsibility for it. You need to call them and tell them it was you. And it, I had nothing to do with it. I go, it's been 20 fucking years, Rick. He goes, I go, what do you mean you can't rent it? He goes, I go, there's a ton of other rental agencies. He goes, no, that's a black market. And, and when the other agencies don't have cars and I got to go to Hertz, then they don't rent to me because of what you did. And I go, okay, do you want anyone released from prison while we're at it? Because like, should I just call like, you know, San Quentin and say, hey, you know, I killed that dude. It wasn't, it wasn't fucking Jimbo. Like, I go, you don't just get to call him and tell him you did something, Rick, 20 yeah, years yeah, later. They're not, not going to work. Like, you could have your neighbor call. Why does it? have to be me so no it's fucking bullshit and i was like it's so weird to like have to like turn yourself in 20 years later on a jumping a van you, you didn't call did you no i, okay, fucking, I, was, I was like say, no yeah. i'm not doing it but yeah. he was like super adamant about it i was yeah. like this is the weird this i wish the, i would have recorded the, the call ethics the morality but, i'm talking yeah, about see? here right does hurts yeah. does hurts still rent to you though yeah fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters he's, he's good put in your name yeah it was because of the covid thing i i like there was no rental cars, remember? Everything yeah. was like fucking blah blah blah. Oh, right. But yeah, that was. I mean, yeah. So there's been a lot of uh, mistakes made. We go in with stories all night, I'm sure. But I, I just, I have to ask about one, one more. Uh, mm. the, the elephant story is elephant it? And, story. Is there? I heard that there's video. I heard, heard there is. Video I should have brought it. I should have brought it for you. You should have. You should have told me. Uh, <laughs> it lives on. Maybe we can li- insert video later. No, no, no. It's not going. It's not going to the public. It's not going to. It's hideous. I'm Have you talked about the elephant story in interviews you, before? Uh, I think a couple times. I know, basically, I know people know about you it. You broke yeah. into a zoo for some reason. We well, you know. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, late at what? night. It was actually at a festival, wasn't it? Yeah, it was so on the festival. Completely grounds. sober. Was, <laughs> yeah, completely, completely sober. Exactly. Yeah. Pretend like As a, you do. Pretend like there was a festival called like the Serengeti Festival or something like that. You know, something. And there's that, like yeah. next door to the festival is a wild animal park, and I mean fucking. The gnarliest wild animal park I've ever seen. So I woke, you know, you. How, what do we do? Wake up on a bus in a field, go take a piss, <laughs> yeah. go to catering, like same bat channel, same fucking groundhog, sit around, kill some time, try not to start drinking at noon, you know, you mm-hmm. got a 10 o'clock set or whatever. Right, yeah. And festivals are pretty fucking boring. You go watch your friend's bands play. I mean, they're fun, but like after a while, it's groundhog day. So I'm like, well, and you get really drunk there, especially yeah. if you have too much time on your hands. But I was yeah. like, there's a fucking wild animal park next to Armal. You know we're going in that motherfucker after the show. <laughs> and like, you know, a few people are like, yeah, it's fuck an, yeah. It's inevitable. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. This is, like, we're, I love animals. So we took, we went on, the, we went on a wild animal, we went on the safari during the day. And it was crazy. They had like white tiger, Bengal tiger. They had everything you could ever imagine times 10. Like the gnarliest one I've ever seen. So, of course, we get obliterated about like one, two, I don't know, 12 or one. Got the wire cutters, went over to the fence, like me and Adam and Ronaldo and uh, I think Darren, I can't remember, Darren Hawthorne, a couple other people. You had wire cutters? Yeah. I got, he just has yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, we t- well, the wor- well, you don't travel, you don't, you don't tour with <laughs> wire cutters? Guitar tech, bro. I got a Floyd <laughs> Rose, oh, right? Okay, right, yeah. So I took those things and I cut the hole in the fence and we went in and the idea was, well, so... The first part of it is like I, I wanted to go pet the, the baby tigers. Right? Of course, the baby tigers. Yeah, like the, all the sane cubs. sober people. Badass. Do like, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, it's a bad idea." And I was like, "No, no, it's fucking what we're doing." And they're like, the "You know, you would have come home with a baby tiger, the, though. If you would have gone in well, there, you would have come home yeah, with one of those." Yeah, yeah. I was actually gonna get. They had those hangover monkeys. I was gonna get one of those because that would have been the best ever. <laughs> you know, like having the monkey yeah. on right. the bus, like yeah, waking yeah. up with a monkey in your bunk. Yeah. Fuck, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But 
I was like, everyone's like, the tigers are going to kill you. And I was like, death by tiger. I'm like, it's a good way to go. I'm fucking tired. I've been doing this a long fucking time. I, I they like, you would have been there rowing for sure. My bones ache. I, I'm I, I'm cool. Death by tiger. And I like, and the, everyone's like, no, dude, you're not going to the tiger. I'm a fucking death by tiger. And I smashed like a red stripe, that scar right there. Like I cut myself pretty bad. And there was blood like all over the bus. This prior to going in, which so is I, perfect going into a tiger yeah. cage. So I put I put on like I made like war paint shit like on my face. <laughs> Pretty dumb. And then and we went in there looking for the tigers. They still like went with me. And then Ronaldo was like, I found uh, there's an elephant compound. I found the elephant compound, and I was like, where? And he's like, it was like a three car garage, maybe like a four car garage, but it was pitch black. Like couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And I was like. He's all, don't go in there. I'm like, I love elephants. I'm <laughs> going in. elephant now, right? Go in there and just feel around. I could hear them, you know. I feel around. They had tusks like big dogs. They were like, you know, seven foot. African elephants, not Africans, Indian elephants. right, yeah. A, and I start yeah. petting them, and there's a couple, and I'm like, yeah, they're they're being cool. Like nu- They're kind of nudging me around and shit. And I'm like, yeah. My, scared my, of you. My they're people. being cool. No, no, I had a beer, and, and we were cruising. And then those guys came in. Remember those little, like, flip video cameras? Yeah, like the flip. They were just like yeah. a little stick, and like, yeah. So someone had one of those. That's a video, and then someone had a flashlight. So it looks like the fucking Blair Elephant Project or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it does. Like, totally. It, does. it just shows. It just all of a sudden you see me like with these elephants. I'm like, ah, and like get away, from, you know. Blair Elephant Project. Zoli was in the band at this time. He's like, get away from him, and he's like, you know, Pelican Rescue guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm all these are my fucking brothers. You know, don't fucking tell me these are my fucking people, and they're like. They're pushing me around and shit. I'm like between them and and stuff. And and then uh, I was feeding them a little bit of beer. And I know like if PETA or something like would have my fucking ass in a sling, I'm telling this on the radio now or whatever this show is called. Radio? Are we on Podcast, the radio? Something, Podcast. Yeah. I'm joking. But uh, like a little couple sips of beer for a fucking 8,000 pound mammal. Like, you know, right. uh, like they liked it. They were liking the beer. They liked and it. I was just putting you know, little sips and told you, don't give them beer. They don't, they don't like beer. And I'm like, well, what the fuck's he doing drinking it? Yeah. Like, I'm all, don't fucking tell me. And I started getting like belligerent. I'm all, don't fucking tell me. These are my people. And I took my yeah. shirt off. So now I'm like fat, <laughs> bareback, covered in blood, you know, yelling now about get the fuck out of here. These are these are my friends. I think I even said like, I found my I think you said these are my friends. These are my people. These are my friends. Yeah, these are my these are my friends. I think Archie from Destiny wrote a song. Like he did like a mixtape or he wrote a song around it. I'll have to find it. But so anyways, like two of them, yeah, and they were chained up, and I was going to let them loose. I was like, we need to free them. And that, thank God I didn't do that, because imagine like three fucking African elephants running through a festival, <laughs> probably kill 20 people. That would have been the end of my life, basically. That would have been a bad one. Yeah. That would have been the top. You would have written like, a big check for that. Yeah, one. big check and a little time be in the in the jail cell. So I was like, fucking, you what know. What are you in here for? Yeah, so I was like, uh the, th- the third one, I hadn't petted it, and it was over a little bit, and I walked over. And you can, s- it's all in video, but he grabs me by the trunk, uh, with his trunk. And I've had this happen before with elephants. They wrap it around you like a fucking snake, and they got you. You're not like, you're you're done. They just have a way of doing it where they tighten it up. And it's like a, it's like a boa constrictor. Yeah. He starts pulling me over towards him, and I, and I, turn, I couldn't hear what I said, but I, I turned the volume up really loud. I've got some headphones, and I said, I had said to him, uh, Oh, you want to talk to me too? Yeah, because yeah. I've been talking to the other dudes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, you want to talk to me too? And he just fucking pulled me over and lined me up and just went like fucking <laughs> gone. Yeah. Like I didn't know it was coming. I saw the beer in my hand, 
and he, he in the so <laughs> now but in the video he pulls me into the shadow so you can't see me but he just goes like this and just whole Flicks trunk you, huh? trunk tusk I had a tusk mark across my chest up into my armpit like a, where he caught me and like they, they said I flew like about 15 feet across the room <laughs> into the wall and I hit the wall like Spider-Man like seven feet off like sideways. Wiley Coyote. You hear the beer bottle hit the wall, it's like Fernando Valenzuela threw it at the wall. It's it's so fucking gnarly, like I, that's how fast I was traveling. Hit the wall, went down, I, for sure I thought it was dead. Like I, I mean I was still conscious, I was like, oh, that hurt. Like fuck, we have to get out of here now, and it's oh, like he was trying to finish me off, but he was chained up, so he's now fucking at the maxed out on his chain, trying to grab me, and they're dragging me out. And uh, you're I'm so like, lucky that chain was on his leg. And he, that's he when you realize they me. weren't yeah. your people. And he was yeah. smart, dude. He he didn't just like pull me towards him and just hit me that way. He pulled me over, set me up, and flicked me deeper into the garage where he would have me cornered, and uh. then came after me. Total fucking. You know, smart elephant. They're smart. So yeah. I'm Turns like, out. you understand? He killed me. And they're like, you're not dead. I'm like, I'm dead for sure. I was thinking internal bleeding for sure. Like, yeah. I was like getting hit by a fucking Volkswagen, you know? So yeah, <laughs> dragged me out of there and went back, fucking got in a fight, got co- cops called on us. Like, all, all kinds of shit happened. Bad shit. You got in a fight after? After, that? yeah, with some guy. How long ago? This was like two months ago. Yeah, yeah. It was like like eight eight years ago or nine years ago. But uh, you know, we were we were going back. Almost killed by an elephant. You know, we were going back (laughs) and and like you know like like picture Jurassic Park. They had like a fucking pickup truck painted like a zebra. You know, like like safari truck that goes around like maintenance security guards. I go security and they're now they've like heard the activity and they're looking for us and shit and we're in the bushes and the guy wasn't moving and I was like fuck this and I just ran out of the bushes with like screamed I'm covered in blood no shirt on just like a bit and he's like just backed it up and fucking hauled ass I was like yeah let's go and we got out of there so we never got like busted by the cops but so then we left and then the next day when I woke up I was fucked you know I, I was like. Paul looks hurting, like, yeah, hurting bad, and and I and I got up uh, on top of it, so hung over, it was insane. Yeah, and yeah. I got up, I pissed, and I went back to bed. And then Dave Pollock, our manager, our booking agent, was like, "Hey, you got to go see the paramedics, you know now." And he's like, "Let's go." And he took me down, they examined me, like, "Yeah, you got to go to the hospital right now." And like, so they take me to the hospital, and uh, I had a couple broken ribs, and like they're worried about pneumonia. And they had to like operate on my hand because the, the cut was pretty bad, and they had to like uh, that fucking was brutal. But Dave didn't tell him what happened, so they took X-rays, and I felt so bad with the hangover. And I was like, "Hey, did Dave tell? I think we're in Germany, or maybe it was Spain or something." I was like, "Hey, did did he tell you what happened? Yeah, you fell on a on a heat register." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "No, no." I got hit by an elephant. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> I go, I snuck in this fucking safari park. And, um, you know, I, I fucking, the elephant, and, and he just goes, he fucking just started laughing. And I'm all, no, this is serious, man. And he goes, I know, let me speak to my colleague. And he fucking tells the colleague, the guy was like, what? They're speaking like Spanish. And I'm sorry we're laughing, but, you know, we must do a more exam, thorough exam right away. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm fucking bleeding internally for sure here. I'm going to die. So they fucking did like CAT scans and shit, and I was totally fine. I just had two broken ribs, and my elbow was like swollen out to here, and oh, and uh, I had to super. I had a show that night, like literally. They wanted to keep me in the hospital for like four days because of my breathing with 
because uh, of the ribs, you'll get pneumonia. Right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't breathe deep enough. So they gave me painkillers, and I went back, and I fucking soup. My hand was completely numb from that surgery because they shot it up. I had to, like, super glue a pick in my hand, and I lost <laughs> my fucking flannel in the elephant chamber, and it was, like, 27 degrees and windy in Spain. <laughs> I was all, and Byron's like, I'm flying home. If he fucking takes one more sip of alcohol, I'm fucking gone. <laughs> Fuck this. Like the usual. I mean, he did that, like, last week, you know? It's, like, yeah. still going on. But, uh, yeah, so I played the show, and and then I, I got pneumonia. He goes, you're going to have pneumonia in about oh, 10 geez. days. And sure enough, got pneumonia. Did. Yeah, it was Whoa. brutal. But I play, I finished the rest of the tour. It was gnarly. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Not many people can say they fucking took on an elephant. And I didn't take him on. He was my brother. And you held yeah. your own, though. Yeah, your people. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't call it yeah. holding my own. I was fucking airborne. You survived. I mean, if that part was on video of me actually flying and hitting the wall, then I would release it. But Because it would be too good to not release. <laughs> You'd I? have to, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we'll get banned from that festival if it gets out. <laughs> you know. Didn't Plus, you slam looked, your back on the wall? You didn't jack up your back no, or the I, back I, of your head? I, or I went, I hit it like Spider Man. They said, "Oh, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I just remember like, oh, you want to talk, talk to me too?" And then just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, gone, like air, air time hitting something hard. Oh my God. And I felt yeah. that, and there was like a, there was a heater, like those wall heaters, European, you know, the big register, or whatever. Right. I did radiate that, right? and then yeah I, yeah, I fell down on top of that. Yeah, so Pollock's story was kind of true, but yeah, yeah. it just left out the whole. L. <laughs> it was it was uh yeah I mean, definitely don't, you know, elephants are no nothing to be fucked with <laughs> at all. There you go, yeah. lesson learned. Yeah, okay, and yeah. I know I I know like you know how they remember you like I kind of want to go back to that safari park, but I have this vision of like, <laughs> being in the fucking truck, like hey there he is, and just like. <laughs> Just fucking rushes us and fucking kills everybody <laughs> in the truck. Yeah, so yeah. Everyone but you. Can't do you'll, it. you'll you'll live. I can't do it. Oh, and there's a crazy like going in there. Dave Pollock took a. There's an elephant like plywood elephant thing, and I like posed with the elephant, not knowing that fucking ten hours later I'd be fucking yeah. almost dead by one. Yeah, pretty funny. So, so. he sent you that picture like the next yeah, day. Yeah. Here, oh, yeah. there you go. He, yeah, I think it's his like Memento. Facebook fucking page. Yeah, like header. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was good times. I but, don't know how you can top that one. That was yeah. pretty. You, I don't think you can. Let's hope I don't. <laughs> Noodles yeah. has done some pretty cool things on tour, but I, I don't know. Oh, uh, nothing I, like that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, no. Nothing like that. Alcohol's a hell of a drug, I'll tell you. It's a hell of a drug. We could it go should on be temporary the... insanity. Yeah. I mean, like, if I get in trouble for that, I'd be like, look, I was fucking temporarily insane. Who goes in a fucking elephant thing in the yeah. pitch dark and starts poking <laughs> around? Like, yeah. nobody. It's literally like. I go insane when I drink too much, as you guys know. If I was on the jury, I would absolutely. Wasn't that your story? Like, hey, you got a problem? You got to take it up with drunk me. This is yeah, yeah. Don't talk to sober me. Sober me agrees with drunk me. Yeah, I mean seriously, like you will go to the bar and then you're gonna feed me a bunch of alcohol and then you're gonna like expect me to keep my keys in my pocket like after you fucking serve me 37 drinks. Like that's my responsibility yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many bad decisions have been made on alcohol? I can oh, tell you a fucking yeah, lot, yeah. a lot, AKA like, I was at my backwards, den- backwards, you know, no effects tattoo. The, the word fuck right on my forearm. My dentist was like, what is that? I'm like, uh, <laughs> how? cause she told me a couple years ago, she's like, Fletcher, she's been working on me for like 15 years. She's like, no more fucking tattoos for you. <laughs> cause I'd show up like this or, so what is that? And I'm like, uh, you know, I got drunk. She's like, okay, no more tattoos. And I, I had a dentist appointment like the day after I got back, and I was sitting there, and she's like right here. I'm like, 
Oh my God! Please don't, please don't look at that. I was like trying to cover it, and I pulled my arm and shit. Like just fuck, stupid, fuck him, stupid, dumb. Right? Cam has it coming though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh man, good times. Well, we could, That's hilarious. Going all night, but I, I, I want to hear about before we go. I want to hear about the Punk Rock Museum because you were yes, you were kind of a big yeah. part of the, the getting going of it. I think uh, sounds like I, ta- I got you going on it. You yeah. did. You were yeah. the guy. They knew yeah. to send you in. Mike tried. Yeah. Mike tried to. Fat Mike tried to call us and get us into it. And I thought, oh, Mike's got a scheme. Can't but trust then when that you guy. called, yeah. when you called, and you were excited about it, I was. We're like, shit. This is Mr. Yeah. Ethical, right? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Right. Ethical. I mean, yeah. he just says um, bad things when he's drunk. So. He's sober. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's telling us this yeah, sober. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it was Mike and Lisa Bramley's idea, and it was kind of like Mike had the idea, I think, to do a, a punk rock shop, like a, you know. A, whatever I'm trying what's one like a legitimate like hot topic for like punkers like a real real deal shop and Lisa's like we should have artifacts from punk rock bands and then I was like oh let's make a museum so Mike started it I heard about it I I invested I mean it'd be the idea of a non-profit museum where it's all free is great but they don't really exist like it's super hard to keep something open that costs you know x amount of money to run so yeah, just started calling everybody new. You guys, Dave Quackenbush, Kevin Lyman. And this is in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Why? Why, well, why Vegas? Just that's seems right. Where, that's where it was when I got involved. I was like, "What about L.A. or New York?" And then, when you think about it, like I don't go to New York on vacation that much. I mean, New Yorkers, I like Vegas is just a spot where everybody goes. Right. Eventually, like uh-huh. you know, once a year, twice, a, you know, every two years, like it's just there's always something going on in Vegas that brings you there, and you need something to do. And the museum, you know, they have the haunted, they have the haunted museum, they have the neon museum, they have the mob museum, and they're all like really successful. And like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame school, six hundred thousand people a year go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, fucking Ohio. Right. Nothing right. against Ohio, but you know, those people are making the trek to go to that. And it's like, well, what about punk rock? They only have a little bit of punk rock shit in there. So this, like, the rad thing, like, I mean, as you know, you lo- you loan the museum, you're duct tape guitar the original people don't know they like you know a lot of people like oh there's the noodles model like who makes it is it ibanez ibanez yeah duh jesus um like to see the real one is so rad i remember when i got it dropped it off at my house and i was like oh fucking did you use a sharpie to fill in the the duct tape do you remember (laughs) no no not on that one yeah I think no. you did. <laughs> on the real it one. It looks like it. On the real one, maybe. Yeah. yeah it's, maybe. It's, I think you like you shaded oh, you areas well, with a Sharpie. Yeah, some people go into parts of cages, some people <laughs> fill in their fucking <laughs> Sharpie, their, their yeah, guitar. That's what I was examining draws. it. Like, okay. so parts, new- parts of it might have fallen off on that one. I'm not sure. I, I have a few of them, and they're all different. That's the thing about oh, the duct cool, tape cool. guitars. They're, they're all completely different. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like that, and he sent his glasses. We had a yeah. big we had a big argument, and over, that's with my real like my old prescription. Yeah, the you know? Coke bottles. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the. My so real. we had a big argument over your glasses when they were getting installed. Brian Ray Turcotte, who has this crazy punk rock collection from Darby's driver's license to Sid Vicious's oh, belt, wow. and he's got the craziest shit. And he's you know the main curator and what and did all these displays. And we walked up to look at your area, and your glasses were up on a little shelf, but they're upside down. They're like instead of like sitting on the shelf like okay, this, right? Yeah, right there. He had them like this, and everyone's like, "Oh, what? What, what is that?" And he's like, "Noodles glasses." We're like, "Yeah," but they're upside down. He's like, "Yeah, you don't set your glasses down like this. Usually, you, when you set them down 
I'm like, and it was super weird, and it, it was kind of a heated argument. But <laughs> but Mike's like, no, turn him over, and then they turned him over, so they look like this. Okay. There we go. Okay. Well, you know, what, most of the time yeah. on the nightstand, I'm pretty drunk when I take yeah, them off. Fucking throw them down. So, right? yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But like when you I look at them, the you floor. don't want to th- look at it upside down. It was a good point, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's full of all this crazy stuff, and it's it was supposed to it morphed into like kind of like it's going to be our little hangout. We go to Vegas, got a bar. Got a fucking jam room. Got you know. Yeah, my son's looking forward to the jam room. It's yeah, so I mean you can go play. Room. You can go play guitars and basses. Joan Jett's guitar. Tim right. from Rancid's first guitar. You guys are going to put some guitars in the jam room eventually. Okay. But like, uh, you know, it, it's just so like stuff that you'll it'll blow your mind. Like Black Flag, early stuff and and Misfits. I called Jerry only. I'm like, hey dude, if you don't give us a bass, I'm going to cut one out of plywood and paint it and hang it there and say this is. <laughs> in two years comes he's all oh well you know and I'm like no I'm serious I'm gonna make it out of plywood and and then I sent him some pictures he's like I'm on it right now and then he realized he's broken all his bases he's all after October I need but these bases but he makes his own bases yeah. too so. so he's broken them he's okay, only got yeah, two right yeah, now and he has right. to play these shows he's all after October I'm gonna go to the vault but it's literally like I haven't even I mean I did a bunch of the work and installing stuff and you know decorating and blah 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 and i haven't even got to see everything like you could spend three days in there and like oh, there's yeah. so many little details and then like if you're reading like about your guitar like the history of your guitar or, you like know his his aunt Louvre, man yeah it's, it's the Louvre. Louvre. but everybody yeah. is so it's turning i i don't i was like i don't want to be in here with all these people i but i had work to do and then it's like hey fletcher are you fletcher i'm like uh-huh can i get a picture and then they start talking and then it turns really cool and then like brett gurowitz walks around the corner like hey what are you doing here? Oh, just was in town, and then like Flea comes in, and fucking all these people. Tony right. Hawk. All of a sudden, I'm like, what the fuck? Like everybody's going, so it's turned into a really cool hang. A lot of like people. Don't you have a tour? Do you already do your tour? I don't have a tour yet. I got to call Tally. I, was, I thought you I, had one. I didn't. I had. We had one set up like last month, early on. Oh, even, and then we then we didn't it, get open. It didn't go Musicians open. are yeah. conducting tours. Yeah, said, right? so it's yeah. so awesome. Like so I need to call Tally. Everybody, you for... know, like everybody, like Lou's doing one this this week. Uh, Joe Escalani's doing Joe Escal- one. This it, week. It's really I cool. am a I am a licensed minister now. Oh yeah, so um, you do weddings. So I can do weddings. We, we got the ch- we I got think the... you might have to get a Vegas. You guys are doing weddings license. there. Yep. So we got the Sid and Nancy Chapel, but no one wants to call it that. Like some, <laughs> me. No, no. some of the girls like he murdered his girlfriend i'm like that's not documented come yeah. on like, you know how it is these days yeah i'm like Guck, it's fucking good the sid and fuck elvis sid chapel we got sid and nancy over here but uh tattoo shop which is about to be open i mean it's all ready to go we just we're interviewing artists so like come over there get married get drunk get a tattoo <laughs> come over there get shop. drunk get a tattoo don't get married like and it's 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 I actually, like the Sid and Nancy one because it's like until death do us part. Right, right. Yeah. There you go. So, we got yeah. that. The most famous punk part. rock yeah. couple of all time. Yeah. Like, we can overlook the stabbing. We're not sure if he did it <laughs> or not. I'm you trying know? to think who else would be a good couple like uh, Lux and Ivy maybe or Dwayne uh, Peters and what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Dwayne Peters. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Hey Dwayne, that's, we love you. That's yeah. punk. As that's long as you're cool. not on meth, we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, but no, it's it's actually t- turning into this really cool thing where it's very super good vibes and people are crying. Do like literally have seen people couples start crying like, oh my god, that was our first show together. They're, wow. like, they're like ninety, you know, and they're like, yeah, I remember right. doing this. But it's it's fucking really so cool. So what what is like the David or the Mona Lisa of the punk rock music? Your guitar, bro. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, what, like, what is like, would it be the Pennywise room that's there? Uh, I mean, a lot of people say that's their favorite thing, but it's it's just a visual thing, you know. You come around right. the corner, like you're not expecting a fucking garage full of pee pee carpet, but uh, <laughs> I definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to pee on the it carpet. Looks, <laughs> it looks, yeah. it yeah. looks <laughs> good. I just wanted to double back to the pee pee carpet. Yeah, that's yeah. why. I no, there. I mean, like, I don't know. For me, there's just so much stuff that's so cool, like the suicidal case. Man, it'll blow I your know. mind. I could stand in front That's of that cool. thing. It's all the original drawings, Rick Clayton, and like, uh, like, oh man, uh, suicidal imagery is pretty fucking badass, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can just like you can literally delve in like your your like where your stuff is like, well, it's supposed to be called the Year Punk Broke, but somebody named it something like really bad, like hey, we have to take it down, like something like. I don't remember. Probably like, the year punk got big, or so. I don't know, <laughs> no, whatever. Right, but uh, yeah. like, it's you guys and like Nirvana and Green Day and and Gold Records and and all the shit. And it's like, that's so cool because it's like that when is... we ruined punk for yeah, everybody. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah we ruined that time. Now, you're, yeah. you're, you guys did, at one don't, time. I don't think you really got that much shit, you know, for that the record. We got a lot of shit, shit at the time, and I think you know, time, yeah. time heals all wounds. I have a, yeah. I have a, uh, a parking meter that I. Ripped out of the ground when you it was at the the Bad Religion North Hollywood, North Hollywood yeah. Yeah, yeah when that riot broke out and they lit it on fire yeah. and we pulled a, a a parking meter out of the ground and I was breaking windows and yeah. some of this parking meter I still have the parking meter just the guts of it yeah you know like, we should wow. bring it. I, I want to do it yeah I want to do a North Hollywood theater because Jim's like I have the hoodie that I was wearing on stage and there's that film clip that like. Yeah. The bad religion never got to play the opening act got the crowds adrenaline pumping like what's our name they're like yeah. no name because we started the riot uh, on purpose oh. yeah. yeah that you was know? fun I, yeah I, we were I, trying, I was like hey yeah. mr nice guy you want some publicity nice guy right here yeah, yeah. yeah there's I, no accidental riots yeah, when fletcher's yeah, it involved it was it's, like hey uh, yeah. jim fucking had a huge hand in that <laughs> did i was jim like did. jim did huh? yeah brett's yeah, guitar that kramer that he used to have with all the stuff stuck on it that he played on those albums I was praying to it, like on my knees backstage. I'm like, please, baby Jesus, let there be a riot tonight. Let there be a riot. Jim's like, what are you talking about? Riot? Praying for a riot? He's like, fucking weirdo. Yeah. And then Jim went out, this isn't a fucking movie theater. Get rid of those fucking yeah. seats. Everybody started like, kicking boom. the seats off. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. Wow. And, and like, so I would literally want to do a North Hollywood. We have flyers from it. And we have I have my flyer got, still. Yeah. And I, I remember, like I said, I literally have the parking meter still. It's on my desk. <laughs> Wow. Brian, uh, it belongs there. I mean, it it's belongs obviously. It it's yeah. yours if you want it. Okay, Brett Gerwitz. I remember I was running around breaking shit too, and Brett Gerwitz, hey Fletcher, this is my dad. Uh, blah blah blah. I forget his dad's name, and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. And I, I had like a two by a, a, a four by four post, and I put it down <laughs> to shake his hand. And the minute they started walking away, I picked it up and threw it through like a fucking pawn shop window or something. Yeah. Something lame. Yeah. You know, I think that. This there's an obvious idea here, a riot room. You got to have a riot oh, room in yeah. a museum. There you go. See, and yeah. highlight the different riots because there was what, that the velodrome I, or what, not the velodrome. Yeah. It was the one in uh, when the vandals when what's his face's car got burned up, wasn't it? Oh, patriotic hall. Yeah, patriotic hall. Yeah, yeah. that was that was <laughs> a good the one. vandals. And, that yeah, was, that was, yeah, we played that night. We yeah. actually wound up playing. Yeah, Wilmington. Yeah. Were you at that oh, one? Yeah, the, the Dead, Dead Kennedys, Kennedys one. Fuck yeah, I got. Tr- I was at the. I was at the Mendiola's ballroom with Exploiter, and I got 
fucking beat pretty bad by the cops. I got yeah. a broken arm. And then the the Dead Kennedys one was after that, and I was pretty freaked out because they got me pretty good. Like, they were going, wow. it was a scare. I was like 15 or something, you know? Yeah. And, and that Dead Kennedys one was gnarly. Well, yeah. Remember the people climbing through those high windows and then dropping yeah. like 25 feet? I'm to like, get, no, you oh, can't oh, drop that far. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah. shit. You know if Fletcher's telling you to not do no. something, it's, <laughs> it's really a fucking it's bad really idea. It's really dangerous. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know when you're going to get off something high, you're like, I'll hang and drop, and yeah. it's like six feet lower. It's like yeah, you're still 23 feet up there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're still fucked. Uh, but yeah, yeah, a riot room. Totally. A riot room, I'm yeah. going to totally bring that up because yeah. that's the idea. We're going to do a, a bunch of changes. So like we have a the rotating exhibit area right now. It's like Allison Braun, like photographs and um, a couple other people. And they did a photo reception the night. But like, yeah, then it'll be like Misfits for six months. And then it'll be like the riot room. It'll be like okay. Dogtown yeah. Skateboards and but but just keep freshening up other exhibits because now everybody wants to give shit. I text Dave Grohl, I'm like, hey, right. check out check out Kurt Cobain's leather and the and the couch that he like, and here look at this stuff from Scream. I'm like, you got anything? He's Who's like, this? Oh. Yeah. David Grohl. David. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm, I have to look him up on the Google. Familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but familiar. you know, Scream, and I was like, hey. You got anything? Oh, Scream, of course. Yeah, exactly. yeah I love that band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So DC, I was like, DC band. Great, so yeah. Great all these band. Scream photos of young Grohl and shit, and I'm, he's like, oh, my God, I had no idea it was going to be this gnarly. He's like, Pat Smear told me about it, but what the fuck? He's like, I'm going to my mom's house in a month, and all my shit's in her basement. I'm going to go through it. I'm like, yeah. And then I said, there's a letter that somebody had that Dave Grohl sent, um, Ian McKay, I think, and it's like him. I took a picture of it. I go, do you, do you remember this? And he's like, I was such a fucking nerd. Like, so he would like send letters to all these band guys, and I, it, it was like classic. So right. he's, he's pretty, so now everybody's like, oh, I want to. This contribute. is actually cool. Uh, this is yeah. actually yeah. real. It wasn't just a fat mic joke, and uh, yeah. it's actually a real thing. And yeah. and you'll see it. You guys are gonna be stoked. I mean, for me, it's about having a legacy. You take your kids and your nieces and you know your okay, parents you, you got fucking bro him dude you don't need yeah. any museum yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. On. <laughs> we got a brown truck ready to, yeah. ready to yeah, put yeah. in there you know it, it'll happen we'll fucking <laughs> we'll do tours around make people lay down on the back of it and drive around vegas you know you know you need 16 degree heat <laughs> You know what you need in there? You need that big cardboard cutout of you and the elephant. That needs to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That's the... We need to, play, we need to loop the elephant video. <laughs> I mean, fat and naked and bloody uh, speaking in tongues. That would be the highlight of a lot of people, man. But yeah, the Punk Rock Museum, it's definitely... And, and the bar is going to be open to the public. You know, like, you don't have to go to the museum. So the bar is called the Triple Down, based on the Triple Rock, and the, and the owner of the Double Down is our partner, so... The bar's shaping up to be cool. We're gonna we have nice. a little area off the bar called the underground room where we're gonna do where you guys are gonna play acoustic shit late night and get drunk and I want to go. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Totally. Yeah, let me know. We you're you're on the guest week, list, but we because we, we were rehearsing in Havasu, we almost went out. We Everybody was mad. They're like, well, "Where's the offspring?" I'm like, "Oh, they didn't come." Sorry, I'll let you know. But yeah, you're, you, I think you're on the guest list <laughs> if if you know what I mean. Dude, we've been but, talking for like two hours. This is our longest longest one ever. Yeah, I feel like we've only hit the the, the tip of the iceberg too. Oh, man. <laughs> Gotta save something for the book, bro. Get a, that's yeah, right. that's right. Get a twelve pack of Keystone. We'll yeah. keep on going, right? My book's gonna be called the Statue of Limitations. See how it goes. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'll still pet elephants if they're, ca if they're caged. Yeah. Be a lot of people yeah. looking for me when that book comes yeah, out. Yeah. That, that's lot. what you're waiting for for all the statues. No, I'm right? pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm, I've got like ten years, so all, all the crimes are awesome. pretty much. Yeah. Statued up. Everything now nice. is for volume two. 
Yeah. <laughs> Definitely got a couple books in me, but it's going to be embarrassing. But hey, not like anyone hasn't heard it. Uh, All right, boys. Dude, Rock thanks and for roll. being here. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming okay. out, yeah. Good times. Appreciate it. Boom. Right on. Uh, and just for future guests, just get him like some type of muzzle, like some type of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're gonna keep have me in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Actually, if that would I'm be enough. Gonna... You'll still hear him. Fucking, still hear him. Strap <laughs> like a Pampers. <laughs> fucking, fucking ears are di- ringing. This guy jumping a fucking diaper. elephant cage and he's complaining about me. <laughs> it's definitely, That's where he draws a I'd line. I'd rather get hit by a fucking elephant than listen to two hours of you screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for helping us shut him up for a little while. I yeah. know. When yeah, you were yeah. talking, he was very yeah, yeah. quiet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was good. All right. Rock and roll. Right on. See you out there.